morning. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Carson's here. You can't see him because we haven't been able to fix the studio yet. It's a whole thing. We're we're working on it, and um, I don't know. We, we both of us have some vacations coming up. Hopefully, by the time we're all back here in uh, August. Wow, wow. It feels much louder in my headphones than the last time we were here. I- Carson agrees. Nobody yeah. heard that, but Carson agrees. Uh, well, I think we, because we moved the sliders in the... You want it down? I can turn it We didn't use down. that yesterday. Yeah, I know, but they still kind of moved while we were... Uh, yeah, they we don't look like they're all that different. It, it feels like something else. You want it down a little bit? I definitely want mine down. Okay. The levels are all fine. God bless. Yeah. It how definitely we, found, sounds... That's maybe too much for me. Okay. Maybe a little bit too much. Yeah, yeah, right there. Right okay. there. That's uh, probably the sweet spot. There we go. Phew. All right. Um, hi. Hi, good to be back. I had a, a fun day down at Maryland yesterday. Appreciate the folks at the uh, Povich Center having us. I've already heard from some of the kids that we met there. They're uh, angling for jobs, and so am I, for what it's worth. <laughs> if they've got any, I'm, I'm willing to listen. Um, but it was a, a neat day, and neat to be a part of that. Uh, appreciate you guys having some fun with us as we did that show. Coming up on the program today, we are going to... Uh, catch up with our friend Drew Forrester. It's been a while since he's been in studio. It would have been fine with me if we continued that streak, but apparently he wants to stop by, so we're going to do that. Um, it, later on this hour, Adam Rank from NFL.com, he recently did, he does all summer long, his sort of state of the blank, state of the franchise series, and he did his state of the Ravens um, just not that long ago. So we'll talk to him, uh, do a deep dive on that. And uh, Tim Brown, longtime baseball writer, who I guess is not really like writing on a day-to-day basis any longer. He used to be with Yahoo Sports and uh, I want to say the LA Times before that. Tim Brown was a longtime, a really good baseball writer. He's now kind of settled into being more of an author these days, and he's got a book out that I got to be honest with you, I, I, I didn't realize, okay? Let me, let me pull the curtain back. When I heard the premise, I thought it was like a collection of stories about backup catchers. Which I was like, that's kind of neat, right? Like, I feel like there's a lot of really good stories that can be told. Then I started reading it, and it's really only about one particular backup catcher named Eric Kratz. And I said, well, there's nothing interesting about that. Why would anyone read this book? And then I started reading it, and I was like, oh, okay. This guy's pretty interesting. This guy's fascinating. Um, So I had quite the adventure with this book, The Tao of the Backup Catcher. I do have it with me. Um... And we'll talk to Tim Brown about that a little bit later on in the program. There it is right there, the tell of the backup catcher. I can understand why, unlike some of Tim Brown's other books, it doesn't have a picture of the subject on the cover. Like He wrote Rick Ann Keel's book. He wrote Mm. somebody else's, maybe David Cohn's. I don't remember what the other one was. I remember Rick Ann Keel's book because I remember having Rick Ann Keel on, like had a big old picture of Rick Ann Keel. That made sense. I don't know that anybody on the planet knows what Eric Kratz looks like, so I could understand why it is that maybe that's not the image they went with uh, for this particular book. But um, it is a neat book, and we will uh, talk to him about that a little bit later on in the show. You will not get me to care about anything that happened in the All-Star game. Frankly, I, I know very, very little. I know that Felix Batista gave up a home run. I saw on Twitter, because I didn't watch, I saw on Twitter that maybe he was not pitching at full velocity. He was just sort of going through the motions. And if that's the case, I commend him for that. (laughs) And I mean that. If that really, and I don't know, I have no clue, because again, I was not watching. But if he was like, I'm not going up, I'm not going to tax my arm in this thing, that's, my God, he's even smarter than I thought he was. 
Maybe it was to stick it to Dusty Baker. I don't know. No, no, no. I don't care. I don't care. If he was, if he was pitching at full velocity, ask me if I care. Do you care? I don't care. I don't care. Nothing that happens in an all-star game is real. I don't care. There's some great defense, though. If you say so. I mean, there's, there's great there's defense like in real baseball there's the games. Bare hand play, and you know what makes them? Play, you know what makes them better? The game. When there's, oh, there when, when there's, when there's right, a good defense in real baseball games, you know what makes it better? That it matters. It, it's real. <laughs> that's true. Well, these it's are an real, actual it's just, game. No, no, they're not. It was fun. Glad just have fun with that, it. It was I, fun. It, it's like I said. It's another television show. If you liked watching that TV show, that's God fair. bless you. That's fair. It does not bother me if you liked watching the TV show. I don't care. You couldn't possibly get me to care. Ask me if I care that they were going to use Kenley Jansen instead of Felix Batista in the ninth inning. You should care. No. Do you care? No. In no world would Ridiculous. I ever care. Ridiculous. No. Really? No. Why in God's name would you ever care about that? Here's the other thing that's funny about it. Because Adley, like, Felix, end the game. I, I, it almost feels creepy when people are like obsessed with any little thing their player does in an all-star game. It, it, they're, they're representing our team in front of the world. Like, you understand that all yeah. of the teams, there's only 30 of them, and they all have to have players there. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. If somebody did something truly amazing, right? Like, I, I, don't, I can't even think of what that would be. Your canoe got two strikeouts. Neat. Ask me if I care. Do you care? I can't fathom what would be actually, like... In an all-star Glenn, game. you're telling me in, when Cito Gaston wouldn't put Mike Messina in the game, you, in didn't, Baltimore, you, did, you didn't care. I was 10 years old. I sure as hell cared. Okay, all right. Because right. I that, was 10. All right. I was thank, you, thank you for... I was 10. I cared about a lot of things. There you I go. I cared deeply about, um, <laughs> you know, going to see Independence Day. Actually, okay. I think that was when I was 11. I can't remember what year Independence Same Day. Era, Let's though, same era. Same yeah, era. We don't. It, it's not worth. <laughs> I think Independence Day was ninety one. Was it ninety one? It's definitely not ninety one. It was definitely. <laughs> I remember going to the old Hartford Mall to see it. We waited in a. Probably went to see Jurassic Park. This was back. It might have been Jurassic Park. That was ninety three. That sounds yeah. right. That sounds right. That I think that Jurassic Park was ninety three. Um, I you just can't possibly ninety six was uh, Independence. Day. Wow, it was way off. Yeah. Was I really thirteen when Independence Day came out? I get middle school. I mean, I would have been eighth grade. All right, that's possible. Just feels like I was younger than that. It doesn't feel like I was thirteen years old when Independence Day came out in movie theaters. All right, maybe it was maybe you, it was Jurassic feel, Park. That's what I cared about. I was like, I gotta go see Jurassic Park. Um, I I just you can't. I'm sorry. God bless. It's a thing that occurred, and if you watched it, neat. I'm I'm not mad at you for watching it. Apparently, people were up in arms about something that happened before the game began. Something about the introductions or something. I'm like, what? What are we doing? Who gives a rat's ass? Um, everybody's mad that they're using these uh, these generic uniforms oh, instead yeah, the uniforms of the uniforms are terrible. Why do you care? Because I was watching it. That's why. I watched like three innings. Do you have nothing else to do with your time? No. <laughs> There are so many. Have you watched? Typically watching the Orioles. There are that so time. many shows. Are you caught up on Righteous Gemstones? It would have been a great night no. to do that. Tonight there's actually a soccer match on. I'm actually yeah. not happy about it because I thought it was going to be the second match because for whatever reason it's always the second match. And apparently tonight the U.S. is in the first match, which means it's smack dab at the same time that I'm on 105.7 The Fan. Uh, and that yeah. sucks. 
I was so prepared to finish the show at 9, go home for the 10 o'clock soccer match. And whatever time they list, by the way, the Gold Cup is... The times are... Whatever time they say it's going to start... 45 to an hour. 100%. So that's the only good news is they have it listed at like 7.30, I think. So it might not start until (laughs) 8.15. So I might still be able to watch the better part of the second half of the soccer match tonight. We will see. Because who knows? It could be any time that the uh, U.S. match will kick off tonight against uh, Panama in the Gold Cup, so we have that going for us. Um, the continued obsession, I saw some tweets from like Mariners reporters about Mariners fans that were cheering when Felix Batista gave up a home run. It, it, the fragility on display. I did think about it a little bit. Like If you were a franchise that had Ken Griffey Jr., Ichiro, Randy Johnson, Edgar Martinez, Felix Hernandez, and nothing to show for it, Nothing. One really good regular season. That's the high watermark of what a Mariners fan has as far as a team accomplishment is that they set a new record for wins in 2001. That's it. No actual accomplishment. If that you can't even make the playoffs until last year. I mean, it was that was insane. If that's what you've dealt with, it's one thing if you've been really... Like, the Orioles, when they were really bad, we just knew they were really bad, right? Like, there were no expectations. The Mariners had Hall of Famer and another Hall of Famer and another Hall of Famer and another Hall of Famer and did nothing. They won the most games in a season. I said that. You should listen to the show. Sometimes it's good. I I swear. Sometimes that doesn't count as anything. I, I what? Winning game, winning the most games. I said I literally had yeah, an I entire know. conversation okay. about it. It's all right. I don't know what just happened here. I, I swear it's an okay show. Sometimes it's worth it's worth giving a listen to. You've got nothing to show for it. I maybe can understand some of the fragility. Not excuse it, but understand it. It's all you have. Now, for Orioles fans of a certain age, you don't have a lot to show. You got Cal Ripken. And, you know, that's about it. You feel good about where you're going, but the Mariners felt good about where they were going a year ago. The Orioles, of course, have a history that you can lean into and stories that your parents told, whereas nobody in Seattle has that. I don't know. The fragility is is weird. It's a weird, weird bit. As I said yesterday, I, I do think that we would be bothered, some whatever word you want to use, by someone seemingly co-opting a nickname that we had associated with one of our players. But I would like to hope that we wouldn't be this. We wouldn't be this fragile. Of course, Felix Batista has nothing to do with when the Orioles used the King Felix thing on Twitter. He had nothing to do with that. I, I'm, I'm befuddled by making this a thing where I guess the Mariners are now going to be mortal enemies moving forward. I guess this is a thing now. It's not quite as dumb. 
like, and I'll, I'll look. I'll be the first one to do it. I say, man, you know what? I'm gonna have to call myself out because the fragility was on has never been more apparent in Baltimore than the insanity of Orioles fans being mad at Jeremy Guthrie a few years ago for wearing a T-shirt. The overwhelming fragility that we showed to Jeremy Guthrie, who was one of the few good players that came along. At a time where it was awful to be an Orioles fan, one of the few good players that came along was Jeremy Guthrie, who the Orioles moved on from. He didn't ask to leave. He didn't Aubrey Huff it and say, this is a horse-ass city. Jeremy Guthrie did nothing but say wonderful things about being on the worst team in baseball and a dreadful franchise. And the people in Kansas City made a cute t-shirt out of a popular rap lyric. These O's ain't royal. That doesn't mean anything! It just means this is one team and this is another. And we think our team is better, which unfortunately they were. Quite clearly, they swept the Orioles. It still hurts me to this day, but we can't... It's not like it was close. And yes, we all would have liked to have known what it would have been when uh, the, if the Orioles had had all of their players and nobody had gotten hurt, nobody got suspended. I would have loved to have known how that would have played out. But it's not the case. They played. There was a sweep. Those O's weren't royal. No offense. And we showed our ass. That was nothing. He didn't say... The the O's are a bunch of hoes. He said, these O's ain't royal, which is nothing more than, they're not the team that I'm on. And we acted like utter and complete a-holes. Some of you still do. Some of you, when Jeremy Guthrie's name comes up on Twitter, still act like complete horses' asses. So you know what? I take it all back. I take it all back. We are just as fragile and pathetic as Mariners fans. Sorry. I was ready to call out Mariners fans, and I, I, I was reminded we are just as embarrassing because the Jeremy Guthrie reaction was one of the top three most embarrassing things that this fan base has ever done. Insanity. This fan base was right to treat Aubrey Huff the way that they did. This fan base was, frankly, right to treat Kevin Millar the way that they did. Playing for the Orioles and doing pump-up videos for the Red Sox while you're employed by the Orioles. Holy F. Jeremy Guthrie did nothing wrong at all. And by the way, also happens to be like one of the nicest human beings that's ever lived. We are just as embarrassing and just as pathetic as Mariners fans working themselves up into a, a, a frenzy over a tweet. Now, taking it out on Felix Batista, it's a different one. No, you know what? That's exactly what we did to Jeremy Guthrie. God damn, every time I keep trying to talk myself into thinking that we were better, we're not. We're not. God. Thanks a lot, Orioles fans. I can't even defend us. God. I hate the fact that I have to deal with this. Yeah, I hate I mean, this. I hate this. 
I hate this. This is driving me crazy. But there's an argument for Orioles fans, I guess. There is none. Okay. There's right. no argument right. for right. Orioles fans. Right. I, I will we'll never get over the way that Orioles fans treated Jeremy Guthrie. I'll never be over that. Over S- Still nothing. a totally out-of-pocket question to ask to Felix, though. From that, Just from the reporter. I mean, that's a different conversation. Yeah. That guy's an embarrassment. Yeah. That, we're just talking about that guy. I already guy, handled I mean, that guy. That guy's bad. pathetic. But the idea that Mariners fans continue to be worked up about it and continue to tweet about it or, you know, or... Or celebrating Felix Batista giving up a like they've decided that Felix Batista is their mortal enemy. That should be embarrassing. It should be something that I could call them out for and talk about their fragility. The problem is, I have to remind myself they are no different than anybody else, including Orioles fans who are just as pathetic and just as embarrassing and just as fragile. I think that might just be all fans now. Not you know what everyone's you might be right about that. They, everyone loves to talk a bunch of stuff when your but team I, wins, like, and then I your team no loses, problem, and you're a you're I a have no problem with any of it when it's warranted. When it's warranted, I get it. I really, sure. I would stand by the way the Orioles fans treated Aubrey Huff to the day I die. Are you okay if they booed the Astros last night? Who the Mariners fans? Yeah, like when they're they came out, Dusty, and like yeah. and, and they're booing, and then like in the draft, I, I, like when the pick was made, they're booing. Like, are you okay with that? I don't care. I've, like this will never be me. I've said it a million times. I'll never be the guy. You'll never get me to care about the Astros thing. But at least I get it. Okay. At least I understand they're booing the concept of a team succeeding and cheating. Like, yeah. I get it. It's like booing guys that were steroid users. I get it. Now, you never boo them when they played for your team. When they played for your team, love that guy. Love him. But I got the understood. I got you get the concept. You're booing someone who cheated. Yeah. I'm not that one to me doesn't show your fragility. That to me is kind of part of being a fan. I won't join you there. I've never been able to be worked about, up about the Astros thing because, again, I believe that just about everybody. I, by the way, Eric Kratz, one of the things he's known for is like I think he called out the Rockies and said the Rockies were a team that was absolutely stealing signs. Like I am so convinced that sign stealing was was throughout baseball. It's sort of like being, to me being worked up about being mad about a steroid user. They were all using steroids. I just assumed they were all using steroids in that era. Kind of, maybe, you know, to some extent, I still do. Um, I, you can't get me to care, but I understand the concept. The concept is we're booing the fact that you cheated the game of baseball. Okay. I, I, you can't get me to be mad about that. That's a completely separate conversation than booing Felix Batista because the team that he works for used a moniker on Twitter. That's sad. You're a sad person if that's what you're doing. But again... We were mad at Jeremy Guthrie for putting on a T-shirt that did not disparage the Orioles. It just said, I'm playing for this team now, and so I want this team to win in the series that they're playing. It's pathetic. It's low. It's arguably worse because Jeremy Guthrie was here. Like, the Mariners have no no reason To like Felix Batista, we had a reason. We were probably worse. It doesn't make it that it's not pathetic. I mean, it's pathetic. Everything about what Mariners fans are doing, it's it's pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. But, um, you know, yes, to some extent, it's probably just fandom. It's probably just the concept of there's probably not a group of fans anywhere in baseball that is actually better or whatever or wouldn't that doesn't have an embarrassing moment where they made themselves look like asses i've always been uncomfortable with how we treated mark Teixeira in baltimore like mark Teixeira was never going to be an oriole the Orioles were never going to give mark Teixeira a contract 
but I've also kind of made peace with it that as much like you were taking out on Mark Teixeira what your frustration was with the Orioles. And to a lesser extent, you know, you're always going to root against the Yankees. I was going to say, like, to the Yankees. It's a Yankee, and it's just it, like, it, okay. It, just, it bothered yeah. me that, like... Yeah, boom, this is a Yankee. You, you seem to think that it was Mark Teixeira's fault that right. he wasn't an Oriole. When, like, Mark Teixeira was ever going to be an Oriole. Right, like the Orioles were ever going to give him a competitive yes, it was contract. never to going to happen in a million years. So that always kind of bothered me a little bit, but at least at the heart of it, like, you want to boo the Yankees? That's kind of the nature of being. And I, a, I think at that point, fan. like the fan base was just so tired too, just so sick I, of what I've was going on. Talked that about like, that. This I is think happening. It, it like, was just a reflection. It was a, just a reflection of the frustration with the team at the time. All right, that's what it is. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Just had an opportunity uh, last week or two to dive into this man's state of the franchise series for the Baltimore Ravens on NFL.com. He's been doing them all summer long. He is Adam Rank, and he's with us now here on GCR. Adam, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me, although I'm having – uh, a little bit of PTSD because I live in Southern California. Okay. I'm an Angels fan. Okay. I remember the Mark, Mark Teixeira free agency. Okay. You know, the Angels swing the big deal, what was it, 2008, yeah. to bring in Teixeira. Yeah. And that guy, he hit like 500 in the uh, the ALDS loss to the, the Red Sox, but like no doubles, like or maybe one double. Like he had no Just all singles. extra base hit. Okay. Oh, and then they let him go, or they didn't lose, but they lost him in free agency to the Yankees. And now, yeah. you know, a similar type situation playing out. So, to Shohei and like, Tana. oh, wow. Yeah, that's some real PTSD. I get that. Um, Adam, what we're, what, <laughs> the, the issue at the time for us was that Mark Teixeira is from Anne Arundel County, just outside of Baltimore, right? So the Orioles, yeah. Were, oh, go- yeah. the Orioles were garbage. I mean, we're, we're complete and utter garbage. And for like two years, Orioles fans had convinced themselves that Mark Teixeira would want to come home and be the savior of the franchise, right? Like somehow that yeah. became a thing that never made a lick of sense, but we can, we talked ourselves no. into the idea that that was going to happen as if the Baltimore Orioles, who wouldn't pay anybody at the time, were ever yeah. going to pay Mark Teixeira anything close to what a team like the New York Yankees would pay him. <laughs> and for some reason, like we took it out on Mark Teixeira personally that the Orioles yeah. would not pay that amount of money for a baseball player. And it's a, it's a complicated conversation that you and I certainly would never be able to. It's, it's a psychology question, really, is what we're dealing with when it comes no, to No, but that's what happens with fans. Yes. So you, you get into that mindset. And, you know, it, the, I remember, and I do remember, you know, that whole thing because the, the Orioles fans were saying, and I, I remember as, a, as an Angels fan being like, dude, he's not going to Baltimore. Like, if he goes anywhere, he's going to the Yankees. But hopefully, you know, we, uh, we were hopeful that he was going to return. But I think it was his wife who wanted to return to the East Coast. And uh, she didn't like being out here in California. And uh, obviously the team at the time to go to was the Yankees. They go on to win in 2009 because their stadium's stupid. And uh, (laughs) it is. Like Alex Rodriguez, of all people, hits a pop-up to right field. And uh, it was the ninth inning of game two. And you're like, okay, at least Rodriguez. Oh, wait, that's a home run. Okay, well, 
never seen that before. Put a dome over that thing, Yankees. But uh, that's, that's another issue for another day. We could uh, we could have that conversation for a long time. All right, uh, Adam, the, it's, it's funny because three months ago, the state of the Baltimore Ravens was turmoil and chaos. Like it was, it was yeah. panic at the disco. And now, as you dive into the state of the Baltimore Ravens, it's way more. Yeah, we think we can win the Super Bowl, and it's not so easy ah. because it's the AFC, um, and it's not so easy because, as you point out, at the heart of it, for as comfortable as everyone is with the fact that finally the Ravens got the deal done and Lamar Jackson's around, there's still that little thing which is that the Ravens have never really had any playoff success with Lamar Jackson as their quarterback, and there's no way for us to know when or if that's going to change. Yeah, I think that's the big issue. But I, I, but, at it, but at its core, I think that people have kind of dismissed how successful the Ravens have been when Lamar Jackson is the quarterback. And it's easy to look over the last two seasons and be like, well, if he had not been injured, you know, perhaps they could have made a run. And I right. think that's a really big thing. And I, I, re- I really do. And I, I talk about this in the piece. is like that the Ravens just look different when he's out there as a quarterback. They're a very successful team. They're four and eight without him as the starting quarterback on that squad. And they're competitive. You know, they were in first place. I, I don't need to, I feel weird because you obviously know this, but they were in first place in 2021 when he went down. Yep. They still found a way to make the playoffs last year. And really, if it wasn't for a fumble yep. at the goal line, you know, very close, as much as I like Cincinnati, and I think Cincinnati is a great team, the Ravens were on the cusp of beating them. And I think that, you know, you get into those situations with those teams. Can you go on and beat the Buff, uh, the, the Buffalo Bills? I think they can. The Kansas City, that's a very tough team. It would take a lot of things going correct. But I think that you, you have the ability to go out there and get it done. And so I'm very comfortable thinking of putting this team amongst the playoff contenders in the AFC, especially now with bringing in OBJ and everything that they've done during the offseason. So you, you talk about that, needing to find someone to compliment Mark Andrews. And, you know, the, the funny thing is I feel like there's a lot of dismissal of Rashad Bateman, and I get it because of the injuries. But when that guy mm-hmm. was, was healthy, like, he was looking like the guy. He was looking, and we've all seen the skill set. We've all seen the talent. But when he was healthy, he was looking like the guy that was finally developing into more of the prototypical outside receiver that you have wanted to see. And I'm not, you know, I I can't predict the future and I can't guarantee anything, but I feel like he's being dismissed because Odell Beckham is so famous. I I just don't know what he is at this point in his career. And because they use another first round pick on a receiver, I feel like it's kind of being lost that like we have tangible evidence when they've been on the field together that Lamar Jackson and Rashad Bateman might be a thing. Oh, yeah, that guy can play, you know, and there's a reason why they were comfortable getting rid of Marquise Hollywood Brown is that they felt that they had a player that they could develop with Rashad Bateman. And, you know, obviously I do a lot of uh, fantasy football stuff and, you know, thinking about my analysis going into the season in that regard, it's like I love this situation for Rashad Bateman where we've seen him, as you said, be a very good player. Like he is, he is a dynamite player. And now he doesn't have to be the man. Like, not that he ever had to because Mark Andrews is there, but still, like, now you bring in an extra layer with Odell Beckham Jr. And I think that one of the things that gets overlooked with OBJ, and people like to be dismissive of him because, you know, they don't like his hair color. They don't like the fact that he was goofing around with the, with the kicking net a couple of years ago and all this stuff. But he makes so many players around him better. Now, Cooper Cup is fantastic. 
But he was a much better player when OBJ was there. OBJ was very close to being the star of the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And I don't think that OBJ is going to go out there and he's not going to he's not going to he's not going to get 1600 yards receiving. He's not going to have 15 touchdowns. But if he makes the players around him better, that's exactly what you want from him in his career. And now you've got a, 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 a an offensive coordinator with Todd Monken who just loves to throw the football and has been very successful doing it on the on the NFL level and on the college level. So I think that Bateman is one of those guys who can step forward this season. And I, as everybody, like you said, like everybody loves talking about the new people. Like, oh, Zay Jones, he's fantastic. And he's a good player. But I think this is an opportunity for Bateman. I'm with you. Oh, everything, everything all right, Adam? Everything okay there? I want to make sure that there's not a, a mess going on at home. I hope there's not, everything's all right. At, okay, let's let's see what's going on with Adam Rank. Something apparently. Hey, man, I I know what it's like being a dad. I understand that more than anything in the world. Whenever now and then there's uh, some sort of issue that pops up, and uh, you got to take care of it. I get worried in those moments too. Adam Rank is with us from NFL.com. He recently did a State of the Ravens feature at NFL.com. Adam, everything all right, bud? We're good. Okay, it's good. Yeah. We still got uh, we got summer camp, you know, going on. The kids. I'm on oh, the west dude. coast, so oh, we're man. getting our morning routine going. So I appreciate uh, you, you know, doing things this. happen. You know how it goes, uh, brother. I've got an eight year old and a six year old. I completely understand this. All the, every time I agree to do a radio interview somewhere else, I always give the caveat of, look, man, if there are screaming kids in the back, there is nothing I can do about it, and they might come say hello. It at some point. It's the way it goes. Oh yeah. Oh you. Know, I do a I do a Chicago Bears podcast, and then one afternoon, my son, my my uh, four year old, just decided, like, you know what, I'm just gonna sit in on this. I'm like, okay, we'll just sit here on my lap and <laughs> right. uh, we'll chime, in. chime in when you need to. Um, Adam, one thing that was interesting to me, you bring up Todd Munkin. I'm still trying to get a feel for. I know he likes to throw. I also know that the Ravens in their DNA, while I, while I know it's not going to be a Greg Roman offense, that's abundantly clear. They're moving on from that. In their DNA, they have always been a franchise that wants to play cold-weather football in Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and Cleveland in December and into January, and they I don't think they're going to suddenly be a team that's not running the ball. One thing I do think that I'm interested in, is provided that J.K. Dobbins doesn't hold out or anything like that, is how they try to get him involved as a pass catcher because it's just never happened. Like, And he's got the skill set that you would think would work as a pass catcher, but he didn't really do it at Ohio State. He hasn't done it at all in the NFL. It feels like that's a Todd Munkin staple is throwing to running backs that we could expect. But do you have a sense for exactly where that balance might be in a Todd Munkin offense? Well, I think one of the things that you want is the threat of throwing the football. Like, You want to be able to, like, I have this skill. I don't need to always use it. Like we know that Hugh Jackman can sing, but he doesn't need to sing in Wolverine. You know what I'm saying? Like he, but he can do it. If you ever need Wolverine to bust out into song, he can do it. But at the same time, it's not completely necessary. And I think that's what the Ravens want is like, just make people believe that they're enough of a threat to throw the football. And I think that we've seen that. I think, listen, Lamar Jackson once led the NFL in passing touchdowns. He can swing it. Like, let's not, let's not worry about that. I think that's just what they want, and I think that they got to find the balance. And I think that Todd Mockin is savvy enough as a as a play caller to be like, look, I'm I know where I I know where we're making our money. I know what I know what we're doing here. But when they need to throw it, make no mistake, because I think that's the scariest thing, is when you have a a football team that is so adept at running the football, 
that could also throw it. I think that's the one thing that starts to scare people because you can never get too comfortable. You can never really load the box and, you know, and, all right, fine, we're going to dare Lamar Jackson to throw the football. And it's like, okay, we're just going to do that. So I, I think that we'll see a balance. And like you said, I think J.K. Dobbins is a great, skilled, all-around player. I would love to see him as a, as a receiver out of the backfield. It's been mm-hmm. one of the things that I've been thinking about, again, going back to the fantasy issue, is I hope he brings that wrinkle into his game. You um you bring up the pass defense, and I, I have concerns on both ends of it, right? Like, I, I, Rocky Sin is your other cornerback right now is a little bit concerning to me, and the utter lack of depth at cornerback is is wild and very unlike the Ravens. And I think a lot of us are still assuming they'll probably bring in another veteran or two before. The, but, you know, time's running out, and the guys that are out there aren't that great of options. Um, but the other edge, like the, the edge rush, it feels like they are putting an awful lot of faith in David Ajabo to step up after, you know, playing all of like two games a year ago and be ready to be the guy that so many people thought was going to be a first round pick uh, last year. On both ends, there's just a lot of shakiness there for a Baltimore Ravens franchise that has, you know, prided itself on defense over the years. These are the two most important parts of a defense. And I am very nervous about both. I really do believe that they're, they'll get the pass rush there. I, I, I think that I've seen enough to be like, okay, they'll be competent to it. And, you know, when Roquan Smith arrived, the pass defense got a lot better. You know, they were giving up an average of 260-plus yards per game. That dropped all the way down to just above 200. So I, I think that we've seen it. Like, okay, well, now they're playing a little bit of better defense that you got to get to the quarterback. And when you have a, a, a corner, if cornerback is the, the weak part of your team, you do want to get – to the quarterback. I think you could look at some teams that are the reverse where you have good cornerback play. And if you can't get to the quarterback and you give a quarterback an opportunity to pick apart an NFL defense, I don't care who the guys are back Mm -hmm. there. It is just like, that's not the way to go. That's, that's not what you want. You want to get in the quarterback space, make them uncomfortable, make them throw the football. And that's the way that you handle it. And I think the Ravens are going to be able to do that. Um, I hope you're right about that. I really hope you're right about it. There is a there is a leap of faith in it. You know, yes. I mean that that is one of the things. Like when you're going through this, you're like, I hope. Like a, we're talking best case scenario for every team. Like there's things that could go wrong with any team. So um, I think that the Ravens. You know, when we we were talking earlier about the Orioles and the way that the, the team was in the early the mid 2000s of like this team's never doing anything right, and it's taken some time. I mean, until recently. You know, the Orioles have now started to put it together. The one luxury that you've always had with the Baltimore Ravens is that they know how to build teams. And they've always shown you that they will find a way to put out a competitive team that is going to likely make the playoffs. And I think as a fan, you can take some sense of that. Like, you're, you're not like a Lions fan who saw a 9-7 and seven team. What, 9 and Whatever right, it is now, 9-8. Right. and eight. Yes. I hate 17 yeah. games. Uh, but you saw them win nine games, and now you're convinced – that they're going to the Super Bowl, you're like, you have no, you have no history to believe this is the case. And I know that a lot of Ravens fans are concerned, like, ah, we, we've got some issues. It's like, I think that they've shown enough over the years. Like, maybe if, if there's a team that I'm like, I will give the benefit of the doubt to, it's always a team like the Ravens. Like, you've done it right since 2000. Like, it's fine. Uh, I understand your concern. But I think it's going to be okay. All right, let me let me wrap with this then, Adam. The AFC, as we mentioned, it's murderer's row of quarterbacks at the moment. I feel like 
because Patrick Mahomes is breathing, we have to still say that the Chiefs are the team to beat, even if we look around and say we have questions about – it's Patrick Mahomes. That's the way that it works. But but how do any yeah. of these teams separate themselves otherwise? Like, what is the difference where we say, hey, look, if if this happens this year, then the Ravens can be a better team than the Kansas City Chiefs are or than the Bills or the Bengals or insert team name here? Yeah, well, I mean, you can look at what the Bengals have done over the last couple of years. And the Bengals have gone out there and they've handled the Chiefs. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you give, like, it's tough to beat the Chiefs when you're giving them extra downs and you're giving them do-overs, uh, which is kind of what Cincinnati rent to last year. But over the last two playoffs, like Lou Almarillo, or, yeah, Lou, Lou, I'll just call yes. him Lou. Yeah, uh, from he's the bank, figured yes. out ways. Yeah. He's figured, I always, I always butcher. I, I do this too. This is why I do fantasy. And, and, I, don't, I think I, it's, I, I, I think it's Anna Rumo, but I don't know that. <laughs> Anna Rumo. I know. We need to. Yeah. We'll, we'll both work on that. Where is training camp for us too? Um, but they've found a way to handle him. But you know what I'm saying? Like they, they've done a really nice job, like of going in and, and sort of bullying the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and having that swagger and having that attitude. And if there is a team in the AFC that I'm looking at right now um, who can kind of emulate that formula, it would be the Ravens. Now, obviously, the deficient of Rock, having Rocky Sin out there uh, isn't the most comfortable situation but you know the Bengals are making it making it get done with Eli Apple so it's like it's not impossible I I think that the Ravens have that I I really do and I I look at some of the teams in the AFC that are that are considered good you know like oh this team like there's always something like that I don't know like I'm always dismissive of the Bills or other teams or like yeah maybe but with the Ravens I've always and this goes back to my my affinity for for John Harbaugh I feel like they have a, a really good formula of a way to beat the Kansas City Chiefs and to go out there and like be able to hold the, you know, run the ball when they need to, play some tough defense, have some guys. They're going to need some people to step up. You know, you mentioned the edge rushers. Kyle Hamilton's another guy yeah. I really want to take uh, yeah. take a step forward this year, and I think he's fantastic. I he is one of those prototypical Ravens players. Where you're like, how did they draft him? Like, why is he available when the Ravens are picking? This makes no sense to me, but. I think that they have a, a, a real legitimate formula for going out there and being successful. And I think that they're the kind of team that, that makes it difficult for others. Like I, I remember the Titans made a run a couple of years ago, running the football with Derrick Henry, but the Ravens have the advantage of that their quarterback's better. Like Lamar Jackson's better than Ryan Tannehill. Significant. Lamar Jackson's better than a lot of people. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, yeah, right. like I don't have to tell you this. Yeah. Like he's a, he's a difference maker. You're not, there's, there's, Defensive teams where you're like, oh, everything needs to go right because their quarterback is not great. Your quarterback is great. So I think that's one of the things where I would hold on to. Like, okay, yeah, like I would I would see the Ravens going into a playoff matchup with Kansas City, Cincinnati, and be like, okay, and we saw it last year, even without Lamar Jackson, very competitive with those teams. So I think that, I again, going back to the history and, and the way that this team is constructed, I think there is a definite, definite formula for them to go out there and uh, beat the Chiefs. At Adam Rank on Twitter is how you follow him. What can I plug for you, man? Uh, you know what? NFL Fantasy Live will be returning this this season, uh, which is really cool. We do, and if you're interested in reading any more about the NFL teams, I do state of the franchise for all 32 teams. I'm coming to an end, finally. Uh, we're going to be doing the AFC West. We're doing the AFC East this week, AFC West next week. I'm going to go into the basement for a couple of, 
couple of weeks after that, and then uh, I'll be back and ready to go. Love it, man. Uh, Adam, really appreciate you doing this, dude. Let's uh, Next time we'll break down why uh, the Yankee Stadium is an embarrassment and pop flies are home terrible. runs. And, I, yeah. Yeah, I'm rooting for you. I mean, if it's not the Angels, I'm rooting for you guys. Oh, so, I hate to say uh, this. It's, keep it's, it up. Keep it's, up the great work. It's probably not going to be the Angels. We're rooting for uh, you guys to dump Shohei Itani ah. on us for a couple of months, but I understand that would be – I get it. I get it. Adam, we'll talk again soon, man. Thanks for doing this. Sounds wonderful. Thank you. That's Adam Rank with us here on GCR after uh, he did the State of the Ravens for NFL.com. All right. Um, let's do, uh, let's, let's let Carson tell us about this. So what is this? You brought in a box of checks yeah. today. What uh, is that? I've got a really good way to keep your cereal fresh for longer so it doesn't go stale. Yes, I need this. Okay. I'm skeptical, but uh, we'll see if Carson can help our lives. Next, Carson's a hack here on Glenn Clark Radio. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It starts on the 14th with our big hitter bobblehead, Connor Norby, for the first 750 fans. Saturday sees our special circus night with post-game fireworks. And Sunday features the Kobe Mayo Squish Pillow with special ticket package. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Hey Birdland, a new alternative payment method is available at Oreo Park at Camden Yards for the 2023 season. Pay is a quick, convenient, and rewarding option to make payments at concessions and retail locations throughout the ballpark. Use Pay to unlock rewards, special offers, and unique experiences. And with secure, contactless payment, you'll get back to your seats faster. Get started in the MLB Ballpark app or learn more at Orioles.com slash Pay. That's Orioles.com slash Pay. Soak up summertime fun in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouth-watering eats, and endless entertainment. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards. Pick crabs by the waterfront. Beat the heat inside a world-class museum and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of A.J. Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at A.J. Michaels. That's AJMichaels.com. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsburg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation. And you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. 
That first bite. Mmm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline. And you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know what's on Grindr or anything, I swear! Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Would You Rather Wednesday scenario of the program. Uh, did I say Would You Rather Wednesday scenario? It's a new one. Edition is what well, I meant to go. say. Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. The scenarios are up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio for you to get your responses in. Somebody will win a T-shirt of their choice from Birdland Sports. All right, we're doing it a little bit earlier this week because uh, Drew's coming in here in a few minutes, and uh, nobody, I think everybody will just tune out then. So, uh, Carson's a Hack. Carson's a Hack is brought to you this week by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Right now, get over to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers for the best sign-up bonuses and promos from the seven legal online sportsbooks here in Maryland. Offers like $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after you place your first $10 bet or up to $1,250 in bonus bets from Caesars. Time is limited to get the best offers from all of the sportsbooks. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers and sign up today. So you didn't take my advice. I tried to find so all right for those which who don't I know, thought was world changing. Glenn uh, sent me a really nice video. The, you know what? Of, don't give it away. Okay. Don't give it away. I am demanding. I'll try. I'll do my best to find that it. one. Actually, changes lives because everyone that I've seen see it says no effing way. Like it's something <laughs> it's that's been cap- part it's of our lives yeah. forever that we've never known about. So I need um, you to there. It, uh, there I'm is excited a to see what Pez related life hack. Oh. That I really was hoping it that was you cool. would deal with. Yeah, it right. was cool. I tried. It would have f- been cool to do on the show. They didn't sell Pez dispensers. What do you mean they don't sell Pez? Their Pez is my kids have like a hundred of them. Maybe you mentioned to me, hey, I couldn't find one. Do you have one? Got about a thousand of them at home. God, Carson. Well, today we got checks. It's not nearly as exciting. Yeah, before that, before that. Also, he's a hack man. Oh, thank you. I don't- yeah, he's hacking life. It's Carson. He's a hack. He's a hack. I don't, um, I don't know how we do it, but the other one that I saw that was going around this week uh-huh. was using beer to improve your tan. Like you mix beer with sunscreen, or you use beer yeah. in place of sunscreen, yeah, or Carson something can try like that. that. One for sure, yeah. I just don't know how we little, would do it during uh, the show. Sounds I don't a little, know how that would work. Like, sticky. We, we would right basically out. yes send them out there. Once we get the third camera fixed, <laughs> we would then open that, stick the camera out there on Carson <laughs> sitting cute, out with in the cucumbers sun over my eyes, and seeing if it, you know what I've. I would really like for you to do this. 
I'll come in tomorrow and do it if you want. No, because we don't have the third camera yeah. thing. We uh, won't have the third okay, camera. Okay, well, I'll come in to do it. It's fine. After I get back from the beach in two That's weeks. No I'm problem. going two weeks from now. Griffin's going to, I don't know, Timbuktu or something next week. Then yeah. two I'll weeks from I'll, now. We'll try I'll, the tanning with the beer. Apparently, John Proctor and I are going to Dewey Beach. You know what we'll do? Same, or Bethany Beach, sorry, at the exact same time. We just found that out. I'll go halfway like down my uh, I'll go halfway down my chest and I'll do one side no beer and one side beer and we'll see which side gets All right, tanner. Find out the details on the hack. Like okay. look up exactly what the rules are. Sounds but good. I saw that one going around this week and I would love to just put a camera you just sit out there as like strangers walk by, like what is this guy doing? <laughs> Just laid out. It tanning. would make me so happy if we did that. I am all in. All right, what is this thing? All right, so uh, cereal, like, it, you know, sometimes the box gets messed up like this one right here, and it stays open, and the cereal goes stale after just a short period of time. So this is just a really simple one. Uh, it's a nice way to fold your cereal boxes and make them airtight. That way, not as much air can get in, and your cereal will stay fresh. But how do you prove this? I mean, I... This is how I keep my cereal in it. This stayed, is just sort of objective. It stayed fr- it stayed fresher for much but longer. But how do I know that? Like the idea you, is that you come in here and you if prove you go, the hack. If to you me. go home and right, but that's the, the point of the segment well, right, is that but, you prove the hack, but, Carson. There's no way to prove this. Well, this uh, it keeps it fresh. You're just saying that. I can say anything I want. I mean, I can say that if I dump it in my you know dresser drawer, it'll keep it fresher. But everyone knows that's not true. You don't. I don't know that this is true. It's absolutely... You don't trust me? We've known, yeah. we've known Carson, each other for, Carson. for so long. No, no, no. You're, so you're deflecting long. now. So. You know this isn't the point of the segment. You understand... But I'm showing you a hack. This is a good hack. But I don't know if it works. It the point of works. the segment is... Carson, you're just telling me that. You're you're abandoning the concept of the segment, which we had talked about. But Every the, week you come in here and you show it to me, and I say right. that's a thing or that's not a thing. And I'm showing you this is a good way to fold a box. I'm show, it, you got tangible I, evidence. How do I know that it's any different than any other way that you can keep your cereal? Well, we try the cereal. Is it stale right now? <laughs> this cere- well, this cereal will be good. You could have opened it this morning. No. Uh, well, half it's the gone. point of the segment is for the viewers to be able to say, wow, that's impacted my life, not just... Well, Take my right. word for yeah, it. They're going to see that the box is folded up nice, Carson. and they're, if they go and do it... Carson, you know I love you, right? You know of I'm co- appreciative, appreciative of, of all I'm of I'm appreciative of you, too. We've got a I've, great friendship. I've, I, 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 I couldn't love you anymore, but sometimes you got to take the L. You this one, I'll die on this hill. You this can is, die on the Glenn, hill, but I you can can't, see, Glenn, I, not, Carson, I take Carson, L's. Stop, I stop, 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 stop. I'm dying stop, on this hill. stop. It's not really about whether or not it works. It's about whether or not you can prove it to me, which you can't do. That's the concept of the segment. The concept of making a video for the internet is that the video then shows to people this thing works. It's not just, boy, I'm going to get all Tommy boy here. Anybody can put a guarantee on a box. (laughs) Anybody can do that. But when you wake up and your daughter's missing... But this is the Carson Weekly guarantee on this box. That's not a thing. I love you so, so much. So what's the actual hack? It's All you do is... Sakes. So you take your, your Griffin, box of cereal... Griffin is... And these little like side things right here, you're just going to fold them in. Okay. And then make sure... So see how one of these sides has like a flap on it and this one yeah. doesn't? All you're going to do is just fold in the one that doesn't have the flap on it. Fold it in just like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. And then there's going to be a little gap now in the corner. And you're gonna take these ends here, show, oh. and you're fold them in like that. So now it's tight triangle type shape. And then you're just gonna tuck this right into the sides of the triangle, seal it off, 
And now this okay. is okay. nice and neat, and that'll keep your cereal much, okay. much fresher. This is an important question. John Proctor is going to offer you the opportunity to prove that this works. Mm-hmm. How <laughs> long are you willing to leave that box just like that in this studio and then come back and eat well, that consi- cereal? Well, considering that I've had this cereal for probably two weeks already. Carson, you, there's got to be a, a payoff here. I'll there come. I'll, to, right, but I'll. I. I'm. Sta- I'm standing by there. You're saying you will leave that cereal just like till that. next week. Till next week. I'll eat a big bowl of it. Come back in. I'll skip breakfast that morning. I'll come eat this for breakfast. I'm being so serious. Just sit. You're gonna leave that sitting right here. I'll eat it while I tan if you want. I would kind of like <laughs> that, but no, we can do it on a different day. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, sure. I want. All right. Th- I. I. Uh, that'll give you the opportunity. It'll be sort of a redemption arc mm-hmm. for Carson. We had to, to give you. A, that it works. We had to give you a redemption arc a couple weeks ago. Because of the struggles, did we? Yeah, the beer. We had a whole, oh, yeah, we had to give yeah. you a redemption arc. That I was a twenty-four. Offer, that was a twenty-four hour. This is a this is a week long. The idea is that we can show right there, like like I so desperately wanted the pineapple one to work, not because oh, I, I wanted thought it that to was, work so bad. I didn't think it was a great life hack as much as it was just I wanted to have the evidence to show that it did work. This one, you're gonna have to do that. But also, sure. I'd really like it if you would do a real like. Would you come back in tomorrow with a real? Hat? Could you yeah, find a Pez dispenser so we can try the real thing? I can come I, in with a real. I definitely have one, so I can. What? I have a, a Pez dispenser. Yeah, Pez dispenser. Okay. Yeah. You have candy. You have everything. Uh, we need a Pez dispenser. Candy, we need. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure. We need an actual, un- like, we need you need an like unopened. We need an unopened thing and a Pez dispenser. Uh, okay. And I definitely have a Pez dispenser at home. Yeah, for I'm sure, sure I too. can find one. Tell me okay. if you can't because I can bring one. you. There's one more. Will you come back in tomorrow and do the Pez thing? No problem. I'll do the past thing. It's really hurt me. Carson. Where are we? Where are we sitting this? On display. Put it up with the um, perfect. With the with everything else. Everything. Up here. No, on top of the tower. Yeah, we're gonna put it as make it as part of the perfect the, the show. Right. I don't know where, what gets it in the shot. Glenn, if I show up and it's still fresh, I want you to sign the box. And well, I'm hang keep, on. And I'm keeping. It. Hang on a second. I guess what we need to do is taste how fresh it is now. That's fair. And then we'll taste how fresh it is. You'll be the first, so give me a bite to see if it's <laughs> yeah. actually, because, you know, it might already be a little, a little funky. You said you've already had it open for a bit. Right. Just go ahead. I don't care for Pretty this. good cereal, by the way. What is it? Cinnamon checks? Yeah, cinnamon checks. Cinnamon Not checks. Chris? Yeah. That's a very, you would you would eat that cereal, no problem. It's not stale. Mm. You know, it's I'm not. Really yeah, it's fine. Totally fine. All right, so you do your, your whatever bit, <laughs> and then next week, We'll pull that cinnamon checks down. Airtight, baby. We'll see. I don't think that I want to eat it, though. That's the problem. Is that I have, I'll eat it. That's fine. I know you will, but you can lie. <laughs> you can say, oh, this is delicious. <laughs> Check his work. Just as Honestly, perfect as compared to some of the other things I've eaten on this show, it probably will be delicious no matter what. Yeah, I've yeah. got a, You know, I actually have an issue uh, in my home life because my banana hook has, I've noticed. That it's not the bananas are not. I got another really, hack involving bananas. Well, that one could impact my life. Okay. Well, when but you, I can't prove to you that it works in here. It's the same. What's the hack? Like, if you wrap plastic wrap around the stem of your bananas and wash them off, they can stay like they will stay ripe for like a week longer, and they don't get ripe quite as fast. Like they take like an extra couple of days to get. I ripe. am willing. That way, you have longer to here, eat them I, and I, keep them. We can do. But we have. Oh, but I'm going to be away the following week. Hmm. While you're in tomorrow. Okay. Tell me, like I'll pay. I'll pay for it. No, it's fine. It's all right. It's fine. It's fine. I don't care. Get three bananas. Just go to the store. Okay. Buy three yellow. They bana- gotta be a bunch, though. They, like you asked me in a bunch. Right. I understand that. I'm yeah. saying they get them in, you know, tied together. But don't get like eight because we're gonna leave. They, them they have around. bunches. Of, I don't eat bananas, so I don't. They have bunches of three. Yeah, you can okay, go to. The, I mean, get whatever the smallest bunch Perfect. is they have. If it's four, get four. Perfect. Make sure they're yellow bananas. Okay. 
bring them in, and then we'll do the same thing. We'll leave them here, and next week we'll see how they're doing with your okay. with your hacker. Yeah, like a saran wrap, need, plastic wrap. We need yeah. a shelf behind you, so that way we it can always just be in the shelf. Yeah, just ha- the we hack can, shelf. We can, like, put it right there yeah, where the Lamar is, right? Like I'm, I, like that's what I want. I want you to it's awesome. We'll do Pez and we'll do bananas. Why won't you put the checks up on top of the thing? I don't. Well, because I don't like blocking my cop and state thing. I mean, for a couple of days, I'm not asking you to block it for forever. <laughs> we still support the Coppin State Eagles. We're not. It's a, it's a very weird bit. Griffin's very worried that people are going to think he hates Coppin State right, now. Yeah, exactly. I don't want, weird. Don't right. want that. All right, you're going to come back in tomorrow to do the sure. thing? Sure, yeah, absolutely. All right, all right, I appreciate that. Thank you, Carson. That was not exactly what I wanted, but it was something. I don't know exactly what it was. It, it really was. does, like, in all seriousness, though, it actually does really work. So if, I, if you're I'm, wondering, like, I'm it really willing, does work. I'm willing to believe you, but this is not a segment about believing. This is supposed to be a scientific <laughs> Seeing is believing. Segment. You're like the Polar this Express is supposed guy. To be, is I believing. do love Tasting the Polar like Express. The, you're like, you're like the, the Tom yeah, Hanks, the Polar I do, Express. I do love that. This is supposed to be about proving. And this did not prove anything. It was just... A, got a tip. Little timer. That's all, all it was. A little just a little. Just a week, and it'll be proven. We will. We will, when you're in next week, we will pull down that cinnamon checks, and we will see how it's doing. You're confident with how you um, folded the box that this is going to? Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. I got all the air out of the bag too. And you, you and how, what do, that, do you think though. is the length of time that you can keep that cereal? Guess fresh? we just go week by week, right? I mean, we just keep every, that, every week. We pull it down again. Every week, I pull it down again and keep eating. Every week, we see if it. Yeah. I mean, I would say like. I would. I don't have an exact number of days I could give you, but I would say at least like four to five days longer than cereal would normally last. Okay, but like you know, I guess like depends on how fast you eat your cereal. I guess. I, I mean, if you're like if if you're expecting that to last you like three months, like when no, I was it's when I was when to. I was in college, I would eat two bowls of cereal at night. Oh my gosh! At I night, mean, it's like it's like I would eat night. I I get to I, like really eleven thirty, and I'd say oh, it's cereal time. <laughs> Like, yes, <laughs> I'd be so excited. About what was your it? one of choice? Uh, frosted mini wheats. I was always yeah. a frosted mini wheats man. I'm a There's big frosted flakes guy. I do love frosted yeah. flakes. I'm, I'm still always... on honey bunches of oats, man. The one with the dried ah. strawberries in it. That's, I didn't that's know that a good was one. a thing. A I had one. no idea. Those are I've, it's I've really not, good. I had uh, I've I realized at some point I was like half lactose intolerant. I don't know if it was real lactose intolerant or I just, you know, had bad gas. I'm not really sure if it, which one it was, but I had to get rid of my cereal at night proclivities oh, because uh, of it. like i did the the almond milk, milk? I, yeah. I did i did the almond milk pit for a little while but uh it's not the same it was uh it was always awkward always awkward ah that is a good idea proctor but i'm not gonna say it out loud all right i think i'm gonna head over to the Got stool it. now no, you can wait until <laughs> it's, it's true yeah. the way he says it is just so funny <laughs> Like, like it's like it's an, a play, an event. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey guys, we all going out to the stool later. <laughs> By the way, the worst possible name for a bar to name it after poop. <laughs> what a terrible idea! I am uh, veering dangerously into I'm not going to be able to pay attention territory because Christopher Eubanks, while he dropped the first set, got an early break in the second set against Daniel Griffin Medvedev. and Drew and I can do it. Oh yeah. God! Oh, I forgot Drew's going to be in on top of everything else. Oh God! <laughs> I am very nervous about how the next. If Christopher Eubanks wins the second set, then forget it. Like just, t- t- you good. Tell you enjoy talking to Tim, Tim Brown. Brown. Okay. You enjoy. Like, all right, looking at the cover. It's not. It's not. <laughs> no offense. It's not the important Tim Brown. Like I mean, no offense. He's he's very good, Tim Brown. But it's not Tim Brown. Tim Brown, who used to be a regular, by the way. I don't know what happened to that. Tim, the uh, the receiver, Tim Brown, used to come on the show all the time because he was like uh, working for. Also, I want to say you working for Yahoo. Straight shoot. 
I believe that was the case. All right, Drew is scheduled to join us. We're going to play Would You Rather Wednesday, so get your responses in now. That's all on the way here on a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Catch that festival feeling in Charm City. Everywhere you go, you'll find exciting entertainment, delicious eats, and endless summertime fun. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards, pick crabs by the waterfront, beat the heat inside a world-class museum, and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of AJ Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at AJMichaels.com. That's AJMichaels.com. Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one 800 Gambler. All electronic tolling is here to stay in Maryland, and DriveEasyMD.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource, home to Easy Pass, pay by plate, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. DriveEasyMD.com will keep you moving. The Orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for Press Box. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley bomb, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bat Around has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bat Around. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It starts on the 14th with our big hitter bobblehead, Connor Norby, for the first 750 fans. Saturday sees our special circus night with post-game fireworks. And Sunday features the Kobe Mayo Squish Pillow with special ticket package. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches. And top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? Back in here on GCR as we continue along here on a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. The scenarios are up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Please get your responses in. I mentioned it earlier, but yeah, you Hello. Okay. We gonna be all right over there? Yeah, it was that mic. That, that doesn't seem unmute, great. So. What what uh what the happened there? I, I don't know. Well, we might need to look into yeah. that. Yeah, go go ahead. Let me. Uh, Are you sure. Well, I mean, we gotta fix that. Yeah, we do. Did we right. put a different cord? Did we use a different yeah. cord than? What uh, we yeah, I guess I did use a different cord, but it worked. Yeah, it was one of the cords we used yesterday. Well, that's so weird. So that it doesn't make weird. any sense. Yeah. But uh, we gotta fix that. We well, gotta. I just disconnected. Hello? Nope. Okay. There's a uh, there's an issue of some sort yeah. there. We got to figure that out. Are you sure you don't have another button depressed on there that uh, would be problematic? Mm, I, right. I don't know. Uh, don't think. It's a good thing we tested all of this. <laughs> good thing we tested all of this before the show to make sure everything worked. Way to be on top of it. Way to be on top of it. I we were doing so well too. Yeah. It would have been like such a good re- return back from doing a show. I'm like, okay, everything worked. We came back, everything worked again. I'm like, wow, this is great. Right up until it didn't. Right up until womp womp. That's actually not the case. Sorry, we have to cancel it. Coming up on the program. Oh, sorry. Uh, I should be mentioning that Stan the Fan and Gary Stein are back in action. Tomorrow night, they'll be joined by Bill Stecka. You know, we've been doing our um, season-long retrospective on the 40th anniversary of the 1983 World Series Baltimore Orioles. And that will um, be the focus of their show tomorrow night. Bill Stecka, team historian, will be joining them. So make sure you check that out. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. If you miss it live, you can see it at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Um, read through, there was an ESPN story this morning about, it was lengthy, about the John Gruden, Dan Snyder, like, I I don't really know where this came from and why ESPN felt the need to, to do this, but it was a hell of a read diving into basic, essentially, who's responsible for leaking John Gruden's emails, and I read it, and I was like, wow, this is this is great reporting. And, and I found myself the entire time saying, who cares? Why does this matter? And what it comes off accidentally as is an opportunity for John Gruden to again pretend like he is the aggrieved party in all of this. John Gruden truly believes as though he's the guy that is the victim. It's wild. It's it's incredibly wild. Why did the NFL, uh, you know, why did someone leak John Gruden's emails? Well, there's about eight different theories that are floated around in this story that Dan Snyder is trying to deflect from, you know, what a monster he was. So he was trying to just wag the dog that Roger Goodell doesn't like John Gruden. Because John Gruden took a shot at like officials during a Monday Night Football game all those years ago, and he had a vendetta against him. That Demoris Smith was about to be voted out as head of the NFLPA, and so he wanted a distraction technique, and John Gruden's emails provided that. It's all in there, and nobody's got a correct answer to it. Nobody's got here's what the answer is. It's just all theories. 
and they're all interesting enough to some extent, and the read is fascinating. It's great reporting by Don Van Natta and Seth Wickersham. But at the end of the day, if Dan Snyder is going to be out as owner of the Commanders, there's ultimately still the same thing that you come back to, which is, why does this matter? John Gruden was fired because John Gruden or left the team because he deserved to be. Because someone that so flippantly used the types of language that John Gruden used didn't deserve to be an NFL head coach. That's the answer. I can solve this for you. You don't have to pay me as much as these guys probably got paid to write this story. The answer to why John Gruden is no longer coaching in the NFL is because of John Gruden. It's not because someone leaked his emails. It's because he clearly had an issue with language, with things that he thought were appropriate to say. So this story, as well-written as it is, as well-sourced as it is, all of that, still comes back to the same thing. That if John Gruden thinks he's the aggrieved party, that if he thinks he's the victim, he's wrong. He's not a victim. He did this to himself. Now, if the point is that there are other emails that we still haven't learned about and other things that other people said, and that was sort of loosely suggested, then, you know, there's some people that are probably sweating whether they're about to lose their jobs too. And probably should. Here's a promise. You're never going to dig up me using that word in an email. You're not going to dig up me using that word. John Gruden did. That's on him. It's not somebody else's fault that his emails became public. He said what he said. Drew Forrester has wandered in, I'm sure, to improve the program today. What's going on with you? Are we cut Batista yet? <laughs> you, you, that's, what you, that's the material you prepared for today? <laughs> you prepared Embar- trying to get me to care about something that happened in the All-Star Embarrassing. game? Okay. It's especially embar- for those it's, of a, it's embarrassing that you're talking about it. Especially for those of us who had the American yeah. League. Oh, my God. I've, I've heard some depraved things that Embar- you bet on over embarrassing. the years. You de- betting on the All-Star King game Felix. would be the lowest of the low. Of King that. Felix. Man, I just said this. Why don't you get some people out? Yeah, I, I want to be... I wanna be um, what did Gruden, by the way, what did Gruden... Uh, was it the word I'm thinking it was? What was the word yeah, he used? That was, there was that word, 100%. That In an word email? Yes. He wrote the... You don't remember that? I don't really, but I don't follow it anymore. You don't get yeah, sports? No. <laughs> it's just I don't not follow really. it. Who are these guys? Who are you? Yeah. And that's Carson. Guy? He's been around for a oh, long yeah, time. I remember Carson. Yeah, you know right. Carson. <laughs> you get, what else? Doom well, Drew. What, else, what else you got? What, what else? What you is, got? Are you the guy that goes to Loyola? Yeah, I went to Loyola. Oh, you went there. Okay. you. All right. You're scarred. By the way, I want to make sure it's... it's Could say the same about you. Hey, you better watch yourself there. How's the turkey bowl going? Um, hey, I, I, you watched it, man. We had this discussion last <laughs> time. You doing? watched it. What are we doing remember. over here? Um, so they did win one out of ten. Nothing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. What's got, what, 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 what are you hot and bothered about? What, you, what oh, do you have uh, going what, what am I on? Hot Pepsi, warm Pepsi? Remember is that what it is? <laughs> in the front. Remember uh, Joaquin Phoenix said, what do you, got, what do you gas him up on? I do remember that. I do remember warm, that. Warm, warm Pepsi. Pepsi. Yep. Get in the uh, front rows. Uh, what, 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 what do you care about these days? What's in, what's going on in your life? Not much. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I gotta go. Get All Lucy. right. Well, thanks for stopping by. I gotta go get Lucy at volleyball camp. Like, I mean, was she good? Are, yeah, she's okay. Uh, are you gonna be able to avoid having to pay for college? Well, that maybe. Okay. Yeah. 
I, I don't know. I mean, that's important. If she's good enough. I'm worried about buying Ethan a car. I can't even believe I'm saying that. Why are you buying him a car? He's old enough to drive. Well, can't he go get a job? He's like 30. He does have a job, actually. Where's he, where's he working? He, What's he doing? He's working at the church. He's doing some work. He's uh, getting ready to be a caddy. What are the... Which is actual work. That is actual work. And I don't think 100%. he knows that yet. Oh. oh. I mean, he, he caddies, and then he's like, and I said, you got to carry two bags. He's like, i got to carry two bags. I'm like, well, if you want to make double the money. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. Yes. Yeah, correct. I mean, you can make significantly lesser money. How much of the All-Star game did you watch? None. I mean, I like, it was on in the background for, like, a minute, but I... I didn't watch one pitch. Yeah, why would you watch? What is there to watch? You just bet on it, and then you check the Th- score that's later. That's the part that's really concerning to me. Is, is that you, you bet still, on it, you check the score later. I can't fathom. I, I And I said... And here's the funniest part. I wrote this yesterday. That you, way before your life, you know, way mm-hmm. before you, when you were a gleam in uh, Tom and uh, Nancy's eye, um, you, you, you have no idea... How much? By the way, my dad's name actually is Tom, which is the funny part. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, but my, I thought your mom. What's yeah, your mom's name? name? It's Karen. Is oh, Karen. Karen. Well, that's. <laughs> but you're not allowed to say that, that anymore. Yeah, right. I was yeah, gonna right. say you got to change your name now yeah, right. if you're Karen. Yeah. Um, what a Karen. Um, yeah. <laughs> she is right. Um, the the All Star Game in in your dad's lifetime, he probably would tell you this. Like the All Star Game used to be the yes event. moment Correct. of the summer. Correct. One hundred percent. It was still it was that the way. Only I, time we were you... talking about the uh, Milwaukee All Star Game the other day on the show. We were the Barry Bonds getting robbed by Tory Hunter, the game ending in a tie, and yeah, like uh, that was the that was the last one. That was but, the but final All Star Game when there was interleague play. You were still seeing that there was a time when you yes, it was the only way to see, to see. I understand Tony that. Perez I understand play that. right or Cesar Geronimo play or Steve Garvey. You didn't see, yeah, but that was still even in my life. Like you're. Pretending it was in fifty years ago, that still existed thirty years ago. Well, it still all, existed. Play started in ninety six, ninety six, ninety four, somewhere in that range. Um, but like you know, the Orioles going up against Greg Cal Ripken going against Greg Maddox right. in San Diego mattered. Like that right, was a right. big I mean, deal. It, it, the All Star Game used to be the big one of the biggest moments of the summer, and. Now no one watches it because we don't need to watch well, yeah, it. 90, because, 97. 97. Because we see all the players. There's no reason to watch it. Well, and there's also 80 games on. If you really wanted yeah, to right. watch these players, like even that's what I mean. It, we like, we don't we we get to see Juan Soto and correct. we get to see Freddie Freeman and we get to see these people. We never used to get to see that. Well, we didn't always get to see the Orioles games at a certain time because they were on premium television. Right. Like unless you were uh, you know hoity toity super TV. Correct. That was the way that it TV worked. And home team. No, I, the All Star Game is not been a thing yeah, for some time. I mean, now, again, if that's what you choose to do because you just like baseball and it's the baseball game it's on, I don't, fine. But the pretending like any of it is a real thing or matters right. or is relevant in any way or that anyone will remember the name of the guy that hit the game-winning home. One week from now, we will get back in this room and I will ask Diaz. these guys. Yes, or Diaz. You. You're lucky that you remember it the next the day. D's? I will. Yeah, it's not D's. It's D's. <laughs> yeah, D's what? D's, yeah, go ahead. What are you? I was waiting for him to fall into yeah, it yeah, so I, I could get him. Yeah, he's barely listening. All right. um, but we'll, we'll get together a week from now. I'll say, who was the guy that hit the home run in the All-Star game? And they'll sit there. They'll be like, uh. Elias Diaz. Uh, uh, he plays for the Rockies. Like, they'll sit there, and they might be able to work through it. I know it, what you hit it off of. Correct. Well, yeah, you remember that. Loser. Um, but that's who cares? You couldn't tell me anything about last year's All-Star game. Anything at all. You couldn't name one thing about it. 
Yeah, Stanton hit a home run, like a big. If home run. you say so, oh, Lord, that's yeah. all I could tell you. Though, yeah. if, if you, could, by the way, I'm trusting you. I have no, no idea if that's right. actually true or not. If you say so, yeah, I'll just, believe you. Stanton went two for four. You remember that? And Manoa, they were telling Manoa a pitch to throw. That's the only two memorable. Oh, if you say so. And he was like he dicing everybody up. Though, what pitches to throw now? <laughs> yeah, well, the guy's terrible. He's not good. There's no. Well, doubt about where was that. the game last year? San Francisco. It was in uh, Los Angeles, Dodger Stadium. Oh, okay. He's got he's, this guy's Mr. All Star job over here there. pretty soon. I don't think that's how we define whether or not somebody. Gets well, he knows a job. sports. Eh, he knows about the All Star game. <laughs> like, the, well, the sports part is the part that I'm worried about. Glenn, we did the Cubs. That was that was big stuff last What's week. That? The Cubs All Star team, the 08 Cubs All Star. Oh God, team. and we yeah. we remembered. We nailed it though. We well, nailed I, it. I did not. You got. I, we got. Uh, it was like I half and half. We split it half and half. We do that. Yeah, we do need help. You're not wrong. Let's put a show up. We do need help. That's next week. Why would we talk about that? Why we got a whole? Chris Eubanks is trying to take another break, and he's won the second set, and he's trying to take a break. Medvedev. Yeah, I'm losing my mind. If, Who's the number one seed? Uh, Alcaraz? Uh, Alcaraz is the number one seed, but Djokovic is going to win. Well, it's of not, course he's going to win. It's, it's, win, it's Wimbledon. I don't think it's that it's fixed. I don't think that's what it is. I think he's just better than everybody else. I think it, I'm starting to think it's fixed. Did you see the bottle he was drinking out of at uh, at uh, okay. the French Open? Yeah. They made the special bottle for him. They, they've done what that for a long that? time. What's in any of these guys' special bottles? These guys are all on the juice. All of them. Every one of them. Well, then it's all level. And we're That's all right. good. Nobody's cheating because they're all cheating. What do you make of Mariners fans losing their mind? Let me separate from – hang on. I'll separate from the guy. The guy is an embarrassment, right? The guy is an utter embarrassment. For giving up a home run last night? No, not that guy. Oh. The, the guy, the, the radio host guy. Right. That guy's embarrassing. He, there's no way around yeah, it. It's funny you bring this up because I thought about this. I thought about you – well – Mm-hmm. I, you were the first one I thought of when I thought about this. All right. But Not sure where you're going no, with this? No, 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 no. I, well, let me yeah. say this. <laughs> I, I remember, set this up by talking no, about an embarrassment. No, was like, let me, and I thought of you. No, <laughs> I, I did, but let me, let me clarify. Uh-huh. There was a time yes. when you and I got upset that the Steelers did a well, we have every a right to be upset volleyball about game that. in Harford ba- County. A charity basketball game. Charity basketball game. We had game. every right to be. We got a week's worth of content out of it. We had every right to be upset about it. And, and as I thought about this guy in Seattle the other day, it dawned on me, you and I weren't that far removed from those kind of hijinks. Um, it wasn't that. We weren't, we weren't chasing the guy who has nothing to do with it. Around the field, but we trying well, to that's get. That's true. We weren't doing that. Right, right. We were calling out the people in Harford County, right, who brought in the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's what to we Harford were County doing. to Harford County. They didn't Correct. bring them to like yes, yeah, not out some, to Western Maryland. Desolate. They brought yeah. them right up here, twenty five miles away. One hundred percent. Harford County is where they and brought, reveled in it. One hundred. Oh, they were so excited and they were so mad at us. God, they were mad at us. The principal called. Uh, we well, we ended up putting the, the county executive on. We got a week's worth of content. Channel Two came over, did a the whole principal thing. Principal called. It. We got a week's worth of content. The principal called the show and said, "Well, like we to, needed that because like to, it, it like, might have been All Star Week where there was nothing like to, to talk speak about." To you guys yeah, right. on the air, I'm like, "You can call us on." The, Glenn comes in, he's like, "The principal's on the phone." I said, D- "Tell the principal she's going to get her feelings hurt, but let her call in, let her chime in." The principal called. Um, but anyway, yes. So I I don't even know what to say. Like. They're mad because some nickname of a player, the team, tweeted out. Right, the Orioles. After the Orioles beat the the Mariners. The real King Felix. There's a new King Felix. It's nothing. It's it's the biggest nothing burger there is. Now let me ask you this way. If, If 
You found out today. But you better not call somebody the human vacuum cleaner. That, that's where I'm going. Because I'm trying to have a legitimate conversation about it. Right. If, for whatever reason, right. Josh Jung played three years worth of every game, right? Which is Griffin did the math, and it was brilliant Why math that he, he changed did yesterday. his last name to Junk? Why wouldn't he? That's a great question. Because you know played, what could come what from What was that, the math right? on that? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. No, hang on a second. Now Drew's in it. Let, let him have his moment. Here. <laughs> you know just, let him have his moment. Let him have his moment. Because we got a guest coming up in a few minutes. Did you tell him that we got a guest coming on? I just, right. I'm just thinking. Go ahead. I'm go thinking ahead. of all Get the all headlines. Out. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just thinking of all the yeah, headlines. Right? That's all. If he, if he throws a, a throw, it makes a throw that sails over the first baseman's head, you would call it junk mail. For example, okay, yeah, right. I was thinking more like, how about that junk? Okay, all right. The, the Brewers oh, have a pitcher name. No, I thought you had. I thought you had better. I thought you had better material. About that, I thought you. How about that junk? No. Yeah. All right. Anyway, let me check. So, <laughs> just out here checking out. I believe, I believe it's pronounced Young is the way he pronounces it. Josh Young. Did I say Young? Yeah. I think I've done that a few times. Yeah. Already, well, who cares? Yeah. I know. I know it's Young. So anyway, yeah. Um, but if Josh Young were to play three years with a consecutive games, and all of a sudden in Dallas. Everybody said he's the Iron Man. How would you feel about it? I would Honestly. say you people are stupid. Correct. Correct. You're, I would. You're stupid. We would. He's, he's, we would he's only got to play twenty four hundred more games. We would be bothered by it. Now, what makes it embarrassing out there is that we're not doing that here. None of us were sitting around calling the guy King Felix. The guy has a nickname. Like they already had one. Yeah. After last night, it's loser. <laughs> Very rare. How much did you bet on the All Star game? Too much. And also, do you know one eight hundred Gambler is available for you? I resources? was going to call it, but it's You're seven to a- one that you don't call before <laughs> noon. So I'm going to leave it until a little after noon. Then I'm going to call. Well, I thought you just weren't a quitter. I thought that was your. That's what they say, <laughs> right? You're not a quitter. Yep. Um, I go to therapy, but I'm not a quitter. Correct. Or rehab, and I'm. I've heard that. All right. About so anyway, go ahead. So the point is, see this book. Okay, you can look at that book. Um, the point is that this should I- be good. Life of the backup catcher. I come to your house. Why not just do like some ice cream? Do I come to again? your house and chew gum? <laughs> I love it. So <laughs> yeah. go ahead. What are we Stay doing? Stay on topic, would you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll do my best. Stay on. They topic. let us do a radio show together for Stay three hours. T- they said, "Come over here." I haven't got a call back yet. Yeah, it's interesting how that's worked. Out. I haven't had a. I'll be honest. Usually, tonight. Chuck sends a text after yeah. my golf show. Anybody yeah. does this view, like, "Hey, good show today." <laughs> we don't get hey, those texts. I didn't get that on last <laughs> yeah, Tuesday. Get those. I'll be on tonight. Right. <laughs> um, so anyway, let me go back for a second. Let me peel this all back. Um, the point that we, I think, we we're trying to make is that I do think that we'd be bothered by it. But yes, it's embarrassing for the folks in Seattle because no one here is calling Felix Batiste King Felix. And now because they're making a big deal about it, more Royals fans are going to want to just to rub them the wrong way. And I started today's show saying this is so embarrassing and they're so fragile and they're so pathetic. Again, but then it gives I, up the homer last night. I don't care about that. No, but, but, then, th- but that, that's right. right up their alley, I man. Know, right? Oh, and no, no, they, they, were, uh, they were excited about it. Thought he was a king. But my like, I, as, as I'm ready to take Mariners fans to task, and then I remember, oh, right. We were even more embarrassing than that in how we treated Jeremy Guthrie because he wore an innocuous T-shirt that celebrated the team that he was on. We're all just this bad. Every right. single one of us is this well, fragile. Well, you are. I'm not. Oh, I didn't do it. I didn't Most do it, Jeremy Guthrie. Are. I thought it was embarrassing then, the way that we treated Jeremy Guthrie. I'm like, he's on the team. Like, that's the team that he's on. The Orioles got rid of him. They didn't want him what anymore. What did it say? These, These O's, O's ain't, ain't so royal. Ain't royal. These O's ain't royal, which was a play on a rap lyric at the time right. that just meant, I think the team that I'm on is better than the team that we're playing against. Which I'm supposed to think. Because I'm on the team! It's the most innocuous shirt that's ever existed in the history of humanity, and Orioles fans acted like he was Aubrey Huff. 
treated him like he had trashed Baltimore. Right. The guy always said nice things about Baltimore, despite being part of the worst franchise in all of professional sports. Right. And Orioles fans embarrassed themselves trashing Jeremy. We're all this fragile. Every single one of us as a fan is exactly as fragile as Mariners fans are right did now. Did you see what your boy Paul did last night? No. What my boy? Who's my boy Paul, first Paul, of all? Uh, Valley. Oh, what did Paul? You didn't see what he did. <laughs> you have it out for did Paul. You, no, what is it? No, You've no, always no. had did it out for Paul. Did you see what he did Paul. last night? I didn't. What did he do? Oh, poor Paul. What? what? When they brought in Batista in the eighth inning, Paul said, don't know why Kenley Jansen's going to get the chance to close this game. Oh, he he washes something about washing Batista. Generally washes Jensen washes Batista's jockstrap or something. (laughs) And within 30 seconds, the dude hit the home run. I I don't care. And then Paul Paul had to turn off Twitter. I I don't care about Kenley Jansen. I don't care about that. I also don't care about what Paul said. Hold on, hold on. You're so worked up about this. It was so funny. You're just as as bad as the rest of us. Poor Paul. Like, you're just as bad. Here's what Paul said. Yeah, uh-huh. You're so worked up about Poor it. Poor Paul. Well, Ever since I, you can He's him. about to have a kid. He's, I know he's having a little yeah, girl, right? He's, having a, he's got a good life. I'm happy. Pa- yeah. oh, he's Paul Valley, of right. course, the host of the Ken, Bat Kenley Stanson. Kenley Jansen. I can't read. Kenley Jansen hand washes <laughs> that, Felix Batista's jockstrap. This is stupid. Dusty Baker has told Kenley Jansen he has the ninth inning tonight. And so before the game, Paul writes, Kenley Jansen hand washes Felix Batista's jockstrap. This is stupid. And then here come the tweets. All right. To be fair, to be fair, update. It's, it's dumb. Somebody wrote. Somebody wrote update. Yeah. Question mark. To be fair, it's update. a dumb thing to care about. It's anybody right. anybody who cared about that yesterday. It's incredibly stupid to care about. Right. It couldn't be dumber. This did to, not age well. To be worked up about. Right. Wh- who gives a rat's ass? Well, unless you bet on it. What? Unless you bet on it, right? And then you're then you're worked up about it. Right. Um. I, the guy obviously. Yeah, who cares? Moron. Worry about your team that made the playoffs last year and they stink this year. Correct. Well, we're going to the World Series. Correct. Right. And has not been any good of late. Right. Has not been any good right. at Well, once all. you get Rutschman in a couple of years, you guys will be better. Um, yeah, that's what we're doing. You think they're going to – I mean, come on. They're not going to be the ones. You would assume that's where he's going, right? Why you, you have think- one of the top catching prospects, the Mariners. Did you hear that? This Australian that, kid. No, you, you don't know that. I don't know that. You don't know that. I don't even don't know who their current okay, catcher so is. I I didn't read your whole thing today. Okay. Other than the part where you called him Fitzpatrick, so you might want to fix that. Who? Uh, Pat Fitzgerald. Oh, I called him Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I meant to call him Fitzgerald. Yeah, probably because that's his name. Right. What is your What is your your whole point? Like, what is your take on on that? Yes. I think it's awful. Why? Because I don't think he deserved to be fired. Because I think his entire team has told you that. He didn't know about it and was in no way, shape, or form party to it. And his entire team said that. The tangible evidence that's reported would make that seem very impossible. Well, I mean, the only only people who know if it existed, the only people, are the people who were in the locker room. They're the only people that know. Right, and and a good number of them, although we don't know, they put out a statement that said it was from the whole team, but the likelihood that every actual person was involved in crafting the exact wordage of that statement is not even slim to none. It's none to none, of course. Like, there's no chance that that's actually true. I wrote true. Fitzgerald. What's that? I wrote Fitzgerald. I, I mean, I, I can show it to the you. The school fired want. longtime head coach, yes. Pat Fitzgerald. Uh-huh. Oh, I then said yeah, Fitzpatrick. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. I, I know I'm right. It's a Fitz. I'm it's the same thinking. thing. Yeah, um, That's a great point, right? So you, you're going to take this this anonymous... 
I would probably treat it differently. No, by the way, we, we apparently already know who the person is, which is also shameful. Like they, that guy has been the person that started this has been outed, and other former players have come out and said some things too. This is not. This is no longer a one-person thing. There's also been tangible evidence that's been given to multiple reporters showing pictures describing these things that were going on. But, like but showing. Do you know that he knew about that? It, do you I, know I, that I, he knew? I about know that, that it's one of two things: either he knew about it, or he had no control of his program. There's enough tangible. Well, evidence. There's a huge difference between those two. No, there is a huge difference. Did he know it was going on? Right. And I'm just, what I'm saying is, Period. I don't. I don't know that, but right. I know that if he didn't, it's because he didn't have control of his program, which is a fireable offense. I, I, I just don't know that I agree with that. Like this is the way it goes. I if don't you, know that if I you agree. You want to separate if, yourself and say these guys are going to run the program. I'm going to worry about these things and these guys. Then you're going to end up having to be accountable for whatever those people do. That's the way that it works. Okay, but you're you're also presupposed. Look, there are things that go on. And I, mm-hmm. I'm. I would dread that anything goes on in my golf program that I don't know about. That said, I am around those kids on my golf team far, far less than Fitzgerald's around those kids on his football team. He owns those kids. They they go to school part of the time and play football most of the time. Mm-hmm. I would dread finding out something about my kids and having you, you or anyone say, because you didn't know, that shows you don't have control over them. I, I think that I think you're really grasping at straws when you say, if you didn't know, then you don't have control of the program. That that's patently false. I think it's a, it's a completely separate thing. If you found out something was happening at a frat party, if it was happening away from the football mm. program, that's a completely different conversation. No, but, but it's to but to for you to pigeonhole it into. If if he didn't know mm-hmm. that it was going on, then he didn't have control of his program. I think that's a real stretch. This is pervasive, man. The but idea, that's a real the, stretch. The idea. You and say that. the question is, did he know? If, again, to me. well, there too, was like the one thing where they said he might have been on the sideline, like doing the because well, they were called running, the, the and they said like, he was doing he the running sign, and then yes, did the sign. If he knew about it, then it's a real yes, problem. Correct. It's a code red if he knew about it. If, 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 he, if he knew it was going on, the report on, was that he absolutely made the sign that you're getting run. This is the way it works, and we put that. This when you see this, that's how we signify that that guy's getting run. Then he then so that alone would I be mean, no defense. But to go beyond that and to say that this is prevalent, everyone knew about it. Nobody's really even trying. All of these players that have come out and said it have not even suggested that it wasn't happening. All they're sort of trying to say is, well, it wasn't. It wasn't him. He wasn't responsible for it. Or they're attempting to do what so many people do, which is, well, we don't think this is a big deal. You, you didn't understand. This is just part of being on a football team, which. 30 years ago, not even 30 years ago still, was a viable excuse for things. Like 30 years ago, you could get away with, well, this is just the way that it works being on a football team. This is just the thing you got to be a man. Until, a man up. <laughs> until right. people stepped in and said, no, we don't do that anymore. You don't get to justify your, these actions are not, you can't justify them by, but we're on a football team. It doesn't work that way any longer. And unfortunately, that's as we that's learned... That's what's happened to football. That's why it's soft. Right, that's a great point. That's exactly why it's soft. Right. That's what we learned in the DJ Durkin situation. Like sure. He, he, and that's the more, the more insane part, is that all of the DJ Durkin stuff came out and that every coach around the country wouldn't immediately step in and say, I need to know everything, every detail of anything like this that we do. Anything that's similar to this that might be going on here. Because this ain't going to happen to me next. 
I'm right. not going to be the next right. guy I, that again, gets put up all on goes this thing. Back to it's very simple. Did he know that this specific, um, ac- yeah, lack of a better word here, exercise was prevalent in his program? Very simple. Yes or no? Did he know? If he knew this was ongoing, or he knew that this was part of the the ritual, if you will, that he deserved to be fired. If he didn't know it was going on, I don't know how you hold him accountable for that specific incident. You, you hold him accountable by saying, how could you possibly not know? But, how uh, could you possibly? Uh, okay, how could something be this you, prevalent within your program you, and you possibly not You're know? saying that now as a means of just trying to play gotcha. Like, not it, at all. It is, it's very possible that stuff goes on within the – and. We all we used to hear all the time from Brian Billick. I never go in the locker room. Right. I never go in the locker room. I never go in the locker room. There may have been stuff going on. There was stuff going on in the Ravens locker room. There were players taking their towels down while Morgan Adsit and other female reporters 100%. were standing right next to him. But those are those taking are, their towels down. Those are professional football players. Well, I would use that word. Loosely. I understand that, but, but that's it, it. That was going on. Would Brian have a, would Brian have approved of that if he'd have been standing in the locker room and would have seen these players drop their towels in front not. of these female reporters? Absolutely. Not. I would like to hope not. Anyway, I would I, like to hope. Not but that, he wasn't there. That's also a, a more complicated. Like that's that's a completely different conversation. I, I, because it the, is. But there we is a level of awkwardness it, that comes along. You with and it. I were standing there. I I understand. You know, it was I intentional. Know, and I know. I know it was intentional. You're right. I know that's true. But there's an there's an entire level of what am I? What are we doing in here to begin with? That's a completely different conversation. No question. To, for another okay. day. That's a, a separate thing. You can read more about it at DrewsMorningDish.com as he dives into it. I've been Where's reading. Where's my headset? Um, probably right there where we hang the headsets, as I'm going to guess. It's, are you, it's your first day in a studio? Oh, it's over here. Yeah, oh, you got, nice, it used nice to be over to, here. You moved it. Okay. I've been reading this book. It's called The Tao of the Backup Catcher. And I'm going to tell the truth about this, is that when I said... Well, that's what you've been your whole life. That, I, I wish. I wish I was good enough to be catcher. a backup catcher. When I said, you want me to read a book about some career backup catcher named Eric Kratz that I've barely ever heard of, I, I'll pass. Like, I'm all good. But then Griffin said, look, we ha- we're having Tim Brown on. I was like, well, I like Tim Brown. He's a longtime baseball writer. I liked the Rick Ankeel book. I'm like, all right, I'll dive in. And I got two chapters in, and I said, all right, this guy's fascinating. I, I get that this story goes beyond just Eric Kratz, and it's more about what makes the backup catcher so interesting. Joining us now Well, anyone is, can write about the starting catcher. Right. He is the longtime MLB writer, Tim Brown, and he's with us now here on GCR. Tim, it's Glenn and Drew in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you for taking the time for us. Fellas, thanks for having me. I apologize for my voice right out of the gate. I got a Louis Armstrong thing going today. <laughs> um, and, I, and I apologize for barging into that conversation you were having that I was listening to. That was uh, pretty interesting. Uh, it is. And we'll, I will probably revisit that at some point, as obviously that story is not going away. <laughs> I um, bet you will, um, Tim. I, I I'll, I'll present it to you this way: you, when you're writing a book about Rick Ankeel, everybody says, "Yeah, that makes sense. He's incredibly fascinating." Right. Of course, you would write a book <laughs> about Rick Ankeel. Where in the world does the idea come to write a book about Eric Kratz? Like, where in the world does do you say, "I think this is fascinating enough that I could write hundreds of pages and make people compelled"? And I'm as I presented. <laughs> I was not compelled by the concept, and then I got into it. I was like, okay, I get it. Fair, fair. Um, Great question because um, I think my fatal flaw uh, my entire life has been on the more human stories, Uh, the story in the corner of the clubhouse, the story at the end of the roster, 
I, I just feel like there was always more humanity there. And so while my editors were always banging on me, write the stars, write the stars, I was always thinking, well, I don't know. We know them. What about that guy? That mm. guy's interesting. What about, he's got an interesting story. And to be honest with you, I have like, covered ball for 30 some years. And my favorite guy in almost every clubhouse I was ever in was the backup catcher. Mm. There was just a humility there. There was a uh, uh, perspective there. There was a worldliness there. And I loved that through all those decades. And about five years ago, uh, was talking to Eric Kratz and, and uh, we were kicking around his story. And I thought, here's my opportunity to write about not just one backup catcher, but all of the backup catchers or the culture of backup catchers, who these guys are, why they are, uh, what makes them what they are. And uh, so I used him as sort of the spine of this book to get to all of these other guys whose books you would not pick up either. <laughs> Tim, is there a train of thought? Uh, you know, we do like true or false here. True or false? The, the, the whole story about this resonates more deeply because he was a catcher and that there's something about catchers in baseball, um, I, I don't know, that are, they're like goalies in hockey. No one wants to do it. Someone winds up having to do it, and you don't really, you don't really have a complete understanding of how difficult it is until you've done it. Right. Well, I would say true because uh, really it's the only position that has a, a, a quote-unquote backup, right? I mean, everyone else is like a backup infielder or a corner outfielder or, a, you know, a number two pitcher or whatever. Uh, but this is the only guy who's assigned to one other guy. Um, and I think what begins to happen is uh, because they don't play very often, um, they start to become this other type of person, this other type of teammate. Uh, this other type of organizational guy who begins to provide these values beyond uh, what happens in three hours of the game. They're, they are become a guy who starts to win games in the 21 hours around those games. And because they are so connected with the pitchers, uh, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 guys, because they're the guys catching the bullpen sessions. They're the guys sitting in the bullpen during the game occasionally. They're the guys who uh, are preparing for four days for one guy's start, right? Because he's not catching until Sunday morning. And so he and that pitcher are connected on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And so they become something, I think, pretty unique in sports. I'm looking forward, by the way, the follow-up about Robbie Hammock at some point. I do look forward to that book coming. And they still get and they still get girls on the road. <laughs> yeah, well, they, I got one in me. Yeah, uh, Eric's married, of course. No, so but that's I'm just not saying. The, I understand the backup catcher still gets girls on the road. The right. towel of the backup catcher is the book. Tim Brown is with us here on GCR. Um, Tim, in, in diving further into that, like, and and it's funny because I bring up Robbie Hammock. I covered the '07 Diamondbacks, and I had a very special relationship with Robbie Hammock. Like, he was the guy that I would go to in the clubhouse and right? say, "Tell me about this person. Tell me about this person." And I would get fascinating information. And the idea of the backup catcher also serving as like team therapist, 
which you get into in the book, is is really just like you have to take on so many other roles in that world. And I bring it back into context because the Orioles spent some money this offseason on James McCann, and everybody's like, James McCann, you can't hit lick. Like, why, why would you spend any money on you? We, we need you to go get real baseball players. And I think that this sort of sheds some light on why it was so important to the Orioles to say, we've got young pitchers. We actually need to prioritize who our backup catcher is. Yes, I, I think that's well said. Um, I think that, uh, if you talk to a guy I talked to a lot over the course of writing this book was Theo Epstein. And I was really interested in him because he, of course, was the guy who was charting, uh, you know, down in San Diego working for Kevin Towers on cocktail napkins, working out equations as a young man to figure out what who the best at the time 25 men would be. Like, and then, you know, totaling up the numbers. And this is... <clears throat> Analytically speaking, in an analytical model, this is how you're going to win more games. Um, and he carried that with him to Boston. Um, and at the time, the backup catcher was included in that analytical model. But as he went along, he realized that he was going to have to go to 24-1, and one, which would now be 25-1 with 26-man rosters that this one guy existed outside of that model because you cannot quantify uh, the type of whatever you want to call them, gel guy, team guy, whatever, lead from behind guy, um, you know, the guy like Mike Redmond who would take naked batting practice and cut everybody up and now everybody's <laughs> loose and they win a few ball games. Uh, but they had to be grown-ups. They had to not gripe because you got 25 other guys griping to the manager. You do not need a 26. Uh, they need to be, like you said, the father figure, big brother, therapist, priest, drinking buddy. They need to be that guy. And so he exists somewhere other than in this big circle of players who you attach, whatever your happy little uh, statistic is. So, um, yeah, they, they – and, and I'll – just chase one more thing into that leads to a really interesting conversation about whether these guys are born or bred, right? Do you take the guy and turn him mm. into this backup catcher or do you take this backup catcher who's a failed number one catcher? They're all failed number one catchers and turn him into this guy. So it's difficult. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I just was leafing through the book and I get to page 232 just out of nowhere. It's kind of reminiscent of a scene from Bull Durham. Uh, you wrote in the 2015 calendar year alone, Eric was a Kansas City Royal, Boston Red Sox, Seattle Mariner, Philadelphia Philly, San Diego Padre, Lehigh Valley, Iron Pig, Omaha Storm Chaser, and Tacoma yeah. Rainier. And the interesting thing is, in, in every one of those stops, I assume at some point, uh, much like Crash Davis, he probably went into the manager and said, dude, I, I'm not doing this anymore. I've had enough. I quit. He closed the door and he went back out and he thought, man, if I just get four hits in my next eight at-bats, mm -hmm. I'm right back where I need to be. <laughs> and he goes back in and says, hey, uh, what time is practice tomorrow, right? And all of right. these guys, it's so funny you said they're all failed they're all failed catchers. It's like the backup quarterback. They they were always at some point they were the big man on campus who couldn't cut it. They all have the same concept, and that is I I, I can do it. I even if I haven't done it yet, I know I can hit three hundred. I just at some point it might be in Omaha, but at some point 
I'm going to hit 300 and I'm going to find it. They they all think they can find it. Yeah, yeah. I, look, I, I and this is not just back of catchers, but that's who I wrote about. We're all on this journey, and you get to decide who you're going to be on this journey, right? Who you're going to be today. And I certainly am not suggesting that all of these backup catchers are happy, completely happy being backup catchers. Sure. They, many of them still have these dreams. Hey, you know, at some point, you know, in double A or triple A or something, someone decided that they were not going to hit well enough to be a number one catcher or to be a big league catcher at all. And that decision led to fewer at bats, fewer innings played, all the stuff that now feeds into the fact that you can no longer hit because you're getting six at bats a week or four at bats a week. And nobody can hit well doing that, particularly in the big league. So, yes, they all there, – there is a thing about being where your feet are, right, and being the very best person you can be in that role today. But that doesn't mean you're still not thinking, damn, if I could get 450 bats one year, right. I would be great. I would be an all-star. I'd make some money, and that's not insignificant, uh, particularly you know, a guy like Eric Kratz who made very little money for a very long time and ate a lot of – Ego waffles and uh, <laughs> had a wife and three kids and worked jobs in the off season mowing fairways and and laying bricks and all that stuff uh, just so he could have a shot at something like that. Uh, Tim Brown, before I let you go, I know you're not doing like the day to day coverage and we missed that, uh, but I just wonder from afar what you've thought of how things have turned here in Baltimore and the direction of the Orioles who appear to be on the cusp of like seriously appear to be we're going to the world series. Well, all right, let's maybe ease up on all that, but it seems like they're in that direction (laughs) at this point. Uh, You know what, when I, because I'm not sort of engaged with the day to day much anymore, um, you know, and I, and I, I know who's there and, uh, sort of appreciate the types of players who are there. What I think of now is, uh, a town like Baltimore, and a, a baseball town. It feel it. I remember going in when those teams were good, when the Yankees were good and the Orioles were good. How fun that was, and what that ballpark felt like. And you know, someone uh, in one of my earlier interviews yesterday was asking asked a similar question about the Reds, and I answered similarly in that that town deserves good baseball. They have waited long enough. They have been through the all that crappy stuff. And, you know, you get tired of owners who use these rebuilds, not as strategies, but as alibis. And it just gets tired. And so I I feel for the fans. And now finally, I just, when I look and, you know, see the Orioles where they are and everything, my very first thought goes to those folks sitting in Camden Yards and actually being proud of the thing that they're paying money to watch every day. It's it's uh, it is a heck of a time to be in Baltimore. There's no question. About I can't that. believe we're saying it. At uh, by Tim Brown on Twitter <laughs> is how you follow him. We're also going to link up uh, the book, uh, the Tao, the backup catcher, on our Twitter account at Glenn Clark Radio. Appreciate that, uh, Tim. Legitimately, hey, I, hey Tim, if you ever want to do the Tao of the uh, backup radio host, 
Glenn and I, Glenn and I have a lot of good stories. Yeah, very similar stories, no doubt about it. Tim, really appreciate well, you. Man. After I get done with the towel, the backup beat guy. With yeah, right. <laughs> that would be the memoir. That would be the memoir. The memoir. You got it. Thanks for doing this, man. Really appreciate it. All right, fellas. Take care, man. Tim Brown, long-time this is baseball writer. Probably one of the more interesting concepts, elements of sports. Uh huh. Um, and I, I have to tell you, man, it really hits with me because I go through this. You know, golf is the one. There, there are a couple of sports that fit this profile. So when I say this, golf's one of the only sports that you can't substitute. So I'm married. When those six kids tee off, right? I'm married to them for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, tennis, you can't sub a kid in, yep. right? Kid's down three sets, to, uh, three yep. games to none, yep. and he can't serve the ball in the court. You can't sub him out. So a lot of what I try to do is I, I, I try to figure out a way to make my kids figure out what their role is. Like what – I had two kids this year. I hate to say this. I, well, three kids. I had three kids this year who didn't play a match. Hmm. How, how do I make them feel, feel like, like they're part, they're of, the part of the team? Right. Now at the end, the, the joke was on everybody else. We got, we won. Got they a got a gold jacket. Yeah, right? yep. They get to run around with a gold jacket for mm-hmm. th- for next three or four years. Yep. But how do you make them feel like you're part of it? And so the the luxury of the backup catcher is once a week you you get to play, right, or or twice yes, a week correct, or whatever. Correct. But the people don't have no idea like how difficult that is to do. And by the way, then when you're called on, yeah, you better be ready. I, I need you. Right. You can't go up there and uh, James McCann. You can't go up there and uh, hit one seventy. Correct. Like go up and figure out a way to make a contribution. And so it's an incredible, um, you know, it's a huge catch twenty two. You you don't want me to play, right? Right. But then when I do, but then play, when I do play, I'm supposed to be good. If I'm not any good, right. then you're. So 100%. this is a really, and this is a, this is an un. It is easy to write about Otani or Aaron Judge. Anybody can do that. This is really fascinating to see someone try to grasp this and make it interesting. And I'm not saying you have to be knee deep into sports to understand it, I, but it, it okay, if you're not a baseball fan for sure, I don't think you could possibly understand. N- no doubt. Yeah. And it's and and it's very similar. You know, when we we had some in in the soccer business that were very good. Uh, it's very similar to being the backup goalie in indoor soccer. Mm-hmm. We had a really good one one year, and a guy named Jim May who played 12 games, and Scott Manning played the other 40. Mm-hmm. And when when we played on a Friday night at home and a Saturday in in Dallas, Jim the May got was, to start yeah, Dallas, right. and Kenny would be like, uh, you, know, "You better let three goals in tonight, or uh, you won't play again for another month." And like, hey, how do you do that, right? right. So right. it is interesting. Uh, it is a good book, it, and I, I said at the beginning, I thought I thought it was one thing. It turned out to be a completely different thing, and when I was like, I'm not a book about Eric Kratz. Who the hell cares? Um, and then no, I started reading it, and I said, oh, I get it. I, I get it. This is not just a book about Eric Kratz. And it really is. It's that if, Eric Kratz is a character in a, in a if story. If you're a Tin Cup, I mean, a Tin Cup, uh, uh, that would count too. Bull Durham. I under, yeah. If you're a Bull Durham fan, right. like, yeah. th- th- that is the Just genesis. with a guy who made it, right? That like, is the genesis yes. of the whole Bull Durham story is you can have – an incredible career, and and not you know, and he said I was in the majors for the twenty one days once or something. Whatever right. he said, like you you can spend your whole life chasing it, and that's almost as rewarding as getting there. It's fair. That's fair. You know, one hundred percent. All right, let's play. Would you rather Wednesday? Drew, no, I'm good. No, all right, we're gonna do it anyway. You can leave if you'd like. Would you rather Wednesday? I'm, if I'm getting paid for an hour, I'm staying. That's right. That's a great point. Uh, you can pick up a T-shirt of your choosing from BirdlandSports.com. If you are selected as the winner, all you got to do is participate, respond. Even if you have a dumb Would You Rather Wednesday response, even if it's 
Not a good one. Griffin, for whatever reason, because he's benevolent, throws you in the hopper. How come the Lamar thing's at 97? We think he's not, com- not coming now? Yeah, we're not 100% sure about it. Uh, we might be revisiting the Lamar meter in season. That's a tease. Oh, we might well, be revisiting December it. for sure. Well, no, not I about mean, he's leaving. Not, not about that. Well, he's not playing like, in December, right? Really, this is a bit you're going to do? This is you're gonna be You'll in. see. Okay. I'll see. I'll see. <laughs> Uh, this one was uh, the first one for Would You Rather Wednesday this week. Right. Uh, I'll give it actually to uh, Griffin it. first. I'm going to give it to well, Griffin I'll first. No, I think this is good. Would you rather listen to Drew Forrester drone on about golf or hear your roommate clearly describing their bowel movements? That was, um, you better watch what answer you give here. That was that was from our uh, friend. Yeah, I like. Was that like, from, like Drew? from Proctor? Yeah, it was from Proctor. Proctor? He's out of jail. Proctor. They got the internet in jail. I didn't even know that. Proctor got that one. All right, go ahead. All right. Would you rather? Uh, would you rather number one? Would you rather? Proctor. The Orioles are going to need a 13th pitcher. Would you rather Jeez. they DFA Mateo, cut ties with Frazier, or send Mountcastle back down to Norfolk? All right. So I, here's the deal, and I wrote about this earlier uh, earlier this week. There, there are some moving parts to this, right? Are they keeping Kowser and Westberg up for the rest of the year? I don't think. Here's what I would say: If there was, I do think that matters. If there was ever a thought that they weren't, then they should have never brought them up to begin with. But that's neither here nor there. Once, once they're here, you you don't don't do that. Okay, so you you think they're staying up for the rest of the year? You can't do that. You You, can't. How do you walk into a group of guys and say, "We had to get rid of the guy that seems like he's good"? In order do, to keep the guy that sticks. Do you think those two guys, do you think Mike Elias right now is planning on keeping those two guys up? Yes. In your mind? Yes, in okay. my mind. 100%. So, it, I, I agree. Yes. But I'm saying that, and it's compounded by, not only do I think that that's what he's doing, I think it would be, uh, it, it would cause, remember last year we talked about how but, the problems. But that's, but that's the whole thing that now, to me, then the concept of what do you do with Mateo and but I'm, or Frazier but then would you rather matters. I'm only giving you these three scenarios. Oh, okay, the I'm going to answer option, it. The only options you have. I'm answering it by saying, if you're right, and I think you are, mm-hmm. then I don't know that you need Frazier. Mm-hmm. I do think that you could potentially need a guy to come in in the 10th inning mm-hmm. and say to Mateo, when right. they hit you this ground ball, your ass better catch it. Mm-hmm. Whereas Frazier... Yeah, he's not good at that. F- right. Yes. But... You, if you've got those two kids up and they're going to hit, Westberg's going to play in the infield. Kowser isn't, but he's but he's a hitter, right? You, I don't know that you need. Frazier's way better at the plate. Well, I shouldn't say that. Frazier is better at the plate than Mateo. Mateo is way better with his glove than Frazier. I, I, as much as I don't think there's a real role for Mateo, if you're asking which of those two, mm-hmm. I do think it depends on Westberg and Kowser. And if you're not, if you're keeping Westberg. Mm-hmm. There's n- there's no reason to keep Frazier, in my mind. Griffin, you can let your Urias play there, mm-hmm. and you, you mm-hmm. you're fine. Mm-hmm. If if you were gonna send Westberg back for some weird reason, then maybe you want Frazier's bat. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely between Frazier and Mountcastle. I think, way. I mean, I think yeah, Mateo still brings some value as you know a late inning marginal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> marginal. And, but again, as we talk about the Orioles, as it is. the Orioles don't like using players that way either. That's yeah. one of the eternal problems right now is that the Orioles basically say, it's a, I don't know if it's a Brandon Hyde thing, a Michael Elias thing, if you're on the team, you got to play every now and then. Like, we don't, mm. well, uh, right. we don't and, hold and you specialist would play, roles. You would play Mateo once a week or as a starter, mm. but you would also have him, when you go ahead 3-2 in the bottom of the eighth, right. you shove him in there in the ninth inning. My, my question would be then, which one of these guys would you rather have play once a week? <sighs> I, now, now, that might be Frazier. Mm-hmm. 
That's what I think. And it also, makes it complicated. If, if Urias sprains his ankle, you 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 have. And here's the other thing to think about too. If they let if they DFA Frazier, he's getting picked up. Someone's picking him up. Yeah, a good team. Mateo, might pick. Someone's Mateo. picking Mateo, him up. Mateo, Mateo would Mateo, not get picked up. I disagree. Up. I think a bad. There's always a bad team that's willing to give a roster spot to somebody that has speed. That speed. And defense. there's always a bad team that says we were bad anyway. Right. Let's see if this guy can't be something for us, and then they can try to trade him when he has value, when he has the good. Yeah, month. Well, when pigs fly. Right. Well, there was a month where it looked like Mateo <laughs> was, was valuable. Hitting three seventy. I agree, and so they might say, well, we can. The Orioles couldn't trade him then, right. because they were trying to win. You can't trade a guy that's helping you win. The bad team can say, we can trade a guy whenever we want, so we'll take a shot on him. You're saying? The easy route is probably Mountcastle since he has an option. Um, I think I'd like to see. I guess I guess I'm done with Frazier is, is probably my answer okay. to this so question. So answer it. Likely. I no, think no, so. I'm not asking what you well, think so they're going to they do. do. I'm saying what, what would they do you do? What do they do at first base then for full time? Oh, Hearn. What would you do? Full time. And Santander I'd, would play I'd, there on day. Like, that would be. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'd sink the $8 million. I mean, there goes Frazier. You're saying Frazier yeah. would be yeah. your guy. Carson? I, I'd keep Mountcastle down. You would keep Mountcastle down. Yeah, yeah. You guys right. I like tough, Frazier's man. too malleable. I like he could play the corner outfield. He could play the infield. Not well. <laughs> don't use don't use <laughs> the word malleable. He could play. None of us yeah, know what that no, means. I, <laughs> he could, none he of us, play. I actually do. None of us know what that means. It's actually no, a word I use regularly. Well, neither one of you knows what it means. Don't use I it. probably use it in times where I mean pliable. I just say malleable Correct. anyway because it's the word That's my that whole I know. point. Like don't yeah, right. don't use those words. I understand that. Um, he's not. No, I, this is where we're going to completely disagree about that. He's not good at any of them. There's not a position. See, I think, Castle's see, a better player than both of those people. See, I, I'm an advocate when he's, for Frazier. When he's right, but no, I don't know if he's are, right or not. It, he, with one arm, he's better than those two. Mm, I think mm. Frazier gets a lot of heat for no reason. I don't he's, think he's, I don't think he's great. I don't think he's great, but I think he's serviceable. I think he's absolutely fine. He deserves his spot Wait, 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 wait. We actually, I can help with this. Outs above average is considered to be the strongest defensive metric in baseball. Yeah, but it's wait, 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 wait. Defense. Wait a second. No, this matters because he said he can play multiple positions. Outs above average is the the most. It's the highly most highly regarded defensive metric that exists. How many players do you think are currently behind Adam Frazier? One. In terms of in all of baseball, one. In terms of outs a above average, one, a worse has one a than worse him? outs above average than Adam Frazier. I'll say like six. Yeah, it's three. In all of baseball, in all but if of he, baseball, if he were hitting two eighty one and was, was on base one hundred percent and got on base, th- you know, three sixty Yes, but he. But he's not right now. But he has it at ten home runs, and that's but, what complicates and, it. And, and, and I and feel he, like when it matters, he gets the. He hit. has a knack when it for, when it matters. He, he gets is the hit. Odor plus. But only specifically in that area. He's Odor plus, yes. though. In, like, Odor last year did something every 12 games that mattered. First percentile. Yeah. And he does something, if you look at Frazier, he does something once a week that matters. He is as bad. He, his word was the best word, not valuable. He, he is serviceable, and he's serviceable at the, at the very, very limit of it. And Mateo is not. Except for this, I, I'm going to disagree. But Mateo can just Mateo, steal a base. Mateo plays defense. But again, neither you, one of them is a good hitter. You, Mateo's worse. Frazier is a serviceable hitter. He's not though. He is. The only thing that he's done is come up with big hits once a week. But you need guys like that. But they have to play in order for them to be able to do that. And where is he? What? Where is Adam Frazier getting at bats? But by the way, you're Mountcastle's still better than both those kids. I would. This is against the, a lefty, yeah. Yeah, I mean, righty, that's, it's, that's the difficult righty, part it's right now. Nothing. Everybody's got the same thing. 
I mean, not everybody, not no. A, but everyone's numbers are skewed. I, I get yeah, it. But, he's, but like, his are like really, he's been terrible like, against like, really skewed, yes. no doubt. Like it's gotten. Man, really what do you guys? What do you do? Hit on Margaret or something? No, it's what a difficult guys, thing. I like Ryan. Guys? Mount, I hate this. I like Ryan Mountcastle. I hate having this conversation about him. But at some point, I don't think he's going to end up being part of the long-term plans here. I don't here. either. That's and the so there's thing. a part of me that sort of says, why am I worried about protecting Ryan Mountcastle Mountcastle and um, and not hurting his Mayo for Otani. Yes, done. That's my yeah, I, right? I, yeah, I, go ahead. Get it done right now. I'm sure they'll sign up for it tomorrow. Um, all right, well, we'll throw in uh, uh, D.L. Hall, too. Okay, there you go. You solved the problem. <laughs> You'll get the job done. Um, I, by the way, I am probably, uh, I am probably just going to say Mateo because I don't trust that the Orioles won't continue to stick him out there. And I think there's I mean, more. I mean, he can't a, hit a lick. A lick called right, and said, laughed at yes, him. Yes, correct. And I think there's more of a chance to the point that Drew made, it's not impossible that he could slip through. I don't think that it, he will. I think he would slip through. I think someone would take a chance on him, but I think also within a week they He's would say, 150. What, are, what are we doing here? And they would make him available But again. like the A's or a, a team like yes. the Royals, I think so. someone would stick him. I don't think so. We'll see, but that would be my answer. All right, number two. Staying with uh, kind of an Orioles theme today. Uh, the Orioles get make, rid of the jerseys. Yes, there you go. They make one real move at the deadline, sending Connor Norby and Change to rent Tiger starter Eduardo Rodriguez, or the same package to rent high leverage reliever Josh Hader. Um, well, he went to Old Mill, so he's out. Ah, that's right. I always forget about them. I mean, you might yeah. as well go to Loyola in yeah. that case. Um, so they make it more generic, decent starter, high leverage reliever. Is Rodriguez a free agent? That was four he's years ago. Op- he's, he's got an opt out. Yeah. Man, it doesn't seem like that. It's Mike Marcus Stroman. Um, if they've gotten knocked out, they are almost. Well, I like it because he's left-handed, first of all. I mm-hmm. do think we need a lefty. Um, I don't mind. Who was the guy you were getting rid of? Uh, Norby. Either yeah, scenario. You have to get rid of Norby in either scenario. Yeah, I'm it, saying it, it's the same. Pa- the, the real would you rather is, would you rather it be a decent starter or a super high-level reliever? Mm, that's a good question. Because mm-hmm. you're going to get... Uh, you're going to get uh, 12, 6, 72. You're going to get 72 innings-ish, maybe 80, out of a starter you bring in now, right? You're yeah. going to get 12, 14 starts out of him? Yeah. 14? I mean, uh, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you got all of July, all of August, all of September. But you're not going to – I mean, you don't have all of July. Okay, like, but you're, you're going to get 12 or 14 starts. You're going to get 70 I, I, innings out of a guy, right? Presumably. And you're going to get, if you bring in... Uh, For what it's worth, to this point in the season, Rodriguez has made 12 starts. Well, then he hasn't made them all. Yes. Yeah, he, he was hurt. Uh, yeah. He just got mm-hmm. off the injured list. He hasn't yeah. made them all. Okay. Um, and then uh, and then Hayter, you're going to get him in in 35 or 40 games. 30 games. What do we have left? Eight, 80? Uh, yeah. 75? Not, not yes. More like uh, 70. Yeah, you're gonna get 70, him 35. Gonna get I can do the math. Yeah. I know, right? No, you're gonna get 35. You're gonna innings don't even matter with those guys. It's just how many appearances? I don't know. I I probably would take the pit, the relief pitcher. This has been this has been. I really, probably take the relief. Uh, given that name, right? Not to, and I again, I wouldn't mind seeing them get Rodriguez because I do think they need a lefty. Um, I just don't know that if 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 it was between those two. Is even though he went to Old Mill, I would take Hater. Now, if it was an upgrade over, if it was a different pitcher, then I no. Let's be fair. The way Rodriguez has pitched this season is not just decent. I mean, his numbers this year have been spectacular. But do you are you certain that's who he is? And that's because exactly he's what, playing the Royals and the and the White Sox. 
and yeah, the Twins. Yeah, I mean, not. I mean, the Twins are all right, but you know, well, no, the Twins. De- the, the Twins' offense is a dreadful. Terrible. It's, yeah. It might be worse than, than my God. It's it's unthinkably bad. You know, if there was a way to get cease from the White Sox, yes. Then I, but now you're having. Then the I might they said, uh, my mind. They but said see, yesterday that he's untouchable. I'm just saying, right. Someone of that. No, no, no but I've, we've talked about Cease a lot. Cease who hasn't pitched quite as well this season, but who has a track record of being a high level pitcher, and you get three years of control over. Yeah, if so I got of course, someone like that, of course you want to make right. that move, right? But it costs you a ton in order to make a move like that. You can't do Connor Norby for Dylan Cease. That's not possible. No, 100. percent no The doubt. only way you can do this is by Kim Mateo and Frazier. Sure, throw them all in, right? Yeah, Mount send, in too. fact, send them out there. Remember, yeah. we used to do that yeah, with Chris 100%. Davis. Put them on the plane. They get off the plane, and they're like, there's fucking there's four of you. Yeah, I didn't think we asked for that. It's okay, we're coming anyway. Yeah, we're just throwing them in anyway. Enjoy. Enjoy. Take um, a chance on them. I, I, but Hater would definitely help. I, there's no question about that. I mean, anytime you get someone that can, you know, these – Particularly in September and October, like these games all change on one you're, at bat. You're pulling starters out. When it, it was brought up to me, I don't remember who we had on that brought it up recently. That was like, don't forget, when you get to the playoffs, the first time these guys are in trouble, you're going and getting them. Right. Like you're not letting them work right. through trouble. When they get in trouble in the fourth inning, you're going and grabbing that guy and saying, well, we'll use one of our other starters and we'll get through and we'll figure out a way to do it. No doubt. So you're going to need another high leverage guy that you can put in. When there's runners on first and third and nobody out in the fourth inning of a playoff game, of a playoff game, you're going to be doing that. I'll take so, Hater, even though again he went to Old Mill. Yeah, you know, which for is that. a negative. I, I got to go pick Lucy up from volleyball. All right, quickly, number three. Would you rather? Would you rather have, have you Lucy drive herself around or yeah, have me go pick her uh, up? She's she's approaching there. Uh, baseball Genie offers you a guarantee the Orioles will win the AL East if your dinner every night for the rest of the season is, and this is a real thing that they're doing at Burger King Thailand. A, quote, real cheeseburger, 20 slices of American cheese, and nothing else. This is an actual thing that exists and you can get at Burger King Thailand now. What's wrong with those people? And if you make this your dinner every night for the rest of the season, you can get a guarantee that the Orioles win the AL East. When's the next time they poop? I don't think they've done the research on that to make that data available to me. I don't think I can get that Lord. at at Burger King Savant. I'll take my chances You'll on the AL chances. East. All right, very good. Yeah. What do you want to plug? I mean, there's four slices of cheese. I might yeah. do it. Yeah, uh, twenty. It's just entirely. But I'm not much. eating twenty slices right, of cheese. Right, what do you, you want right, to do? Um, what do you want to? What do you want to say something about? Website show. Am I here next week? I don't know. Are I'm trying you? To think next Wednesday. I'm not sure if I am. All right. I'll be in touch. Well, two I'm weeks very now, busy. I'm not here. Yeah, I'm very busy. Where are you going? I just got a lot going on. Okay, does it matter? Is it important? No, no, right, I mean, not enough. really. Fair I mean, enough. to me it is, but not to you. Yeah, okay. And what about the Drew's Morning Dish? Yeah, 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 rolling. Having fun. Uh, m- number one worst decision ever in the history of Baltimore today, uh, not putting a retractable roof on the football stadium. That's the worst? You think that's the worst? By far. It's the dumbest thing we've ever done in Baltimore. Ever. Okay. Ever. Not putting a roof on the football stadium. Okay. We, okay. we sw- it was a swing and a miss. I, it's hilarious the one that you left off the list. Which is hilarious. what? Hilarious. Which is what? Oh, you know. No, I don't. Oh, you know. Running the guy out of town that won them a Super Bowl. <laughs> Saying we we just be better off not having any wide receivers. Oh no no no! The, 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 I didn't do that because that was it's a long story. Oh. That that wouldn't have fallen under the parameters of what I did. Oh, I forgot. Right, yeah, so enough. it's all good. All right, all right girls. We'll all see right. you. It's Drew Forrester, Drew's Morning Dish.com. Fairways and Greens, Sunday on 105.7 The Fan.
12 o'clock is when they have that show. But listen at 1 because there's a better show on then. Um, all right. Uh, number two was uh, the trade one. Are you going a starting pitcher or are you going high leverage reliever? I think I lean reliever. Um yeah, I mean, I I feel like he could in, he, he'll impact more games. I, I mean, you can give Carson the, Carson. You can just oh, pull this yeah. microphone down. Don't sit here because nobody will see you. But just pull that microphone down, and you can until we figure out what the hell happened um, with the other one. Just do that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I lean. Uh, I I'll definitely lean a reliever. I want a reliever. Whether that's Scott Barlow, Josh Hader, I guess would be great. Um. But you know, like there's such a disparity in the back end of our bullpen in that middle relief, and uh, you know make the back end bigger, I think that would be a very, very wise decision. Carson? No, we need the microphone on now. I'd also take the reliever because I think that, like you said, pulling starters early, uh, Cano, Hayter, and Batista, and then you talk about the B bullpen, now Bauman's technically your B bullpen. I I like that a lot. It's the difficult part about this for me is that the point that's been made by a few people about if you go Rodriguez, is now you have the ability to just say that Grayson Rodriguez is now part of the bullpen, right? Like, yeah. that you can address, you're not having to choose necessarily one or the other, but if once you choose one, you're adjusting what you do otherwise. And what, what further complicates is, is not knowing the true nature of the potential innings crisis for, say, Tyler Wells, who's been your best starter this season. And it's easy to say, well, like you can mitigate some of that when John Means comes back. We're putting a lot of expectancy that he's just going to be really good right immediately away. and be John Means again. And maybe he will, right? Like yeah. I'm, it's possible, but you're throwing a lot of eggs in that basket. I'm definitely not confident in that. Like, so I think that it's fine to say John Means is part of the conversation, like he is, but to immediately assume that he's just stepping in and is definitely a, a, a number one caliber starter. As soon as he returns is a lot. It's a lot to make that assumption. So, as much as I like the idea of Hater, and as much as I think you can argue that there's more value, a point I think Paul Valley brought up, like, you know, you're talking about somebody who's going to pitch four to five times a week versus somebody who's going to pitch once a week, right? Like, I get the arguments. I, I think the questions that I still have about which Dean Kramer you're going to get for the entirety of the season... I hope that Kyle Gibson got through his rocky period, but again, I'm not based. Anything you do against the Minnesota Twins is not going to answer a question for me. So I still have utter questions about Cole Irvin. I still have utter questions about Kyle Gibson. I still have some questions about Dean Kramer. And like the only guy that I feel confident, and I can't believe I'm saying this because there's not really enough of a track record, but Bradish is the guy that I have started to say of this group, I think I am. It's, it has been like this since the midway point of last season. It's now an entire full season of Kyle Bradish pitching like this guy. There's no reason for me to think he needs to be shut down. There's none of that that's going on here. I'm more confident than I should be in Kyle Bradish. Tyler Wells I'm confident in, but with the innings thing looming significantly when it comes to Tyler Wells. So with there being an innings thing looming for Grayson Rodriguez, I can't know that with confidence that he's definitely part of the solution in the rotation. I think that adding Eduardo Rodriguez allows me to consider other ideas for addressing that bullpen help that I need, namely that Grayson Rodriguez could potentially be that guy. So if it's the same package, I think I'm saying Eduardo Rodriguez. All right, that's that's fair. Is there any chance, I don't know, is there a lower-end starter, I guess, that they could get and then, you know, they, they well, that, just... I mean, the, this is a different conversation. It's the right, right. Lins it's a, of the world. Yes, I'm not opposed to that. I'm just talking in the context of Would You Rather, Rather Wednesday, Rather, yes, it's got to yeah. be one or the other. I'm probably saying Eduardo Rodriguez because of all of the... Big picture questions I still have about the rotation. 
Like not not the guy where the guys are pitching at the moment. For the most part, the last time through, they all pitched great, right? But big picture, I still have enough questions there that I think that I need to address that first. And then whatever answers I get, I use whatever is left over to try to help solve the bullpen problem. I get it. I'm not saying I'd be opposed to Josh Hader. I'm still not convinced the Padres are even going to sell their rental right. pieces. Like I get it. It's it's a mess. And if they were to start out, like they're eight games back of a playoff spot. If they were to fall double-digit games back by the time they get to the last week of July, they might have no choice but to trade Hader and Lugo, the guys that are pending free agents. The point that was brought up by somebody, I think Chris Chris brought up, that maybe given Hader's connection to the area, you'd be more inclined to get him to want to come back. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, I, I'm still going to lean. I think I'm going to lean Hader uh, because, you know, then then your back end of the bullpen is you've got two no, lefties, I get it. Cologne, I understand. Uh, Hader, right. and then Cano and Bautista. Oh, and then, you know, we never have to see. I mean, I guess it's never, never, but, you know, never have to see Aiken or Zimmerman again. Like, that would be. I mean, somebody's still going to be the long man. Yeah, but I mean, like, I guess hopefully like there's gonna be a, back and. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anybody maybe, was feeling maybe, confident about yeah. that. But, so. but again, you don't, you only use him in. Right. I understand. I understand. There's one of those guys on the team. Would you eat the cheese, though? Uh, this is difficult for me because I actually love cheese, right? I'm like, not doing this. That I thing love cheese. I, you love 20 pieces of cheese. Those are like the and the craft. Singles. You do love cheese. I, I forgot you saying cheese. how much you love cheese. I love cheese. Right, he went to you used to talk about this last weird, summer. I forgot the about the weird that. part is that I don't eat bread. <laughs> okay, like that's the weird part, right? Like well, the weird right. part to me is it's, right. it's hardly bread. To be honest with you, though, it's the bread. Like I don't eat bread. All right, but if it was 20 slices of cheese, would you do that? Say the bread's out of the picture. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that it's impossible. That there hasn't been a night where I've consumed twenty slices of cheese. Just craft American craft singles, cheese, man. Like, I'm, they wouldn't be my Glenn, choice. I'm, I'm, not, like, I'm, I'm not, not talking. I'm not talking it. Sargento, Glenn. I'm talking Calm the, down. I'm saying craft, like, we've man. all been through struggle situations. Oh, of this course. Would be hard for you is what you're. I would say that I would have to think about. It. I would, ultimately, no, I'm not going to do it. But I would at least have to think about it for a second. For the I'd have to think to win about the division, it. Glenn, come on. Yeah, I would have to think. You got to take the. The question then becomes like, what's the trade-off? Like, if you had to do it once a week, if you had to do it once a week. And you're getting an Orioles division title out of it. Once a week, but it was random. Randomly selected for you. You come home from work one night, and, and that's you're like, this is the cheese night. No, I would say if it's every cheese. Friday night, every Friday night, the rest of the baseball season, you got to eat one of these things. Friday night. That's would not you do a question. I'm saying, because okay. you already said you're not doing it, so okay. now I'm trying to move okay. the meter, okay. right? Okay. Like, if you're not doing it, would you do it every Friday night? Can it be like, I don't know, Tuesday night or something? Just... What? No, every Friday about, night you're doing this. It it, it's a yes or a no. That thing looks so gross. I understand. It's a yes or a no. No. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not doing it either. What if it was for We're the Orioles? catching or the Rays anyway. What, what if it was for the Orioles to win the World Series? Oh, I did it every day for the Orioles to win the World Series. Mm, there we go. Jeez. There we go. There we go. And I like, I do enjoy cheese, Continue to like, get me your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Someone will win a t-shirt of their choice. From Birdland Sports, birdlandsports.com. We will come back in. We will get a tidbit and tubular to wind it down. It is Glenn Clark Radio. Hike to new heights. The best view is yours in Washington County. Our iconic scenic overlooks provide some of the most breathtaking vistas in the mid-Atlantic. Some are very easy walks, some can be driven to, and some are the payoff for a moderate to difficult hike. All are near quaint small towns that offer great dining, shopping, hiking gear, and more. Explore our five national parks for iconic vistas and wineries with breathtaking views. Visit our quaint historic towns and make your stay unforgettable. Learn more at visithagerstown.com Maryland, be open. The Crossover Kit is back. 
Enjoy a night out at Oriole Park at Camden Yards on Saturday, July 15th, when the Orioles play the Miami Marlins at 7.05. Be one of the first 25,000 fans 15 and over to receive an Orioles soccer jersey presented by Pepsi Zero Sugar. And arrive early for Early Bird Saturdays. Gates open two hours prior to the first pitch for happy hour, live music, and more. A variety of ticket options are available. Buy yours now at Orioles.com slash tickets. Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one. 800 gambler. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge. 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right, winding it down, it is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I am flummoxed. we got to wrap this up because Chris Eubanks and Daniel Medvedev appear to be headed to a fourth set tiebreak. And uh, I am... uh, Boy, I am uh, I'm feeling away right now. Uh, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. You can go there and get $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after you place your first $5 bet. See that and other great sportsbook offers right now, again, at PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. 
Uh, we'll go and with those. You. So the National League, yeah, sorry, oh. the National League won their first All Star game since 2012. Sure. Exciting. Yeah, great for the National. If League. you say so. Uh, Elias Diaz uh, is the first Rockies player to win the All Star game MVP. Interesting. Yeah. I, no, it's not. But we'll pretend like it is. First time guys with the same uh, last name homered in the All Star game. Do you know who All-Star all the Orioles are that have been All Star MVP? Um, Cal Ripken. Yes. Did Brooks won one. Yes. Mm, how many have won it? Yeah, I think five, if I remember correctly. That's probably be my question for yeah. you, yeah. All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go with uh, Frank Robinson. Yes. All right. Yes. All right. Yes, yeah, see, I know. And, um, gosh, jeez. No one after 2000, right? What's like, that? No one oh, Tejada won one. Tejada most did certainly really? did yeah. win All-Star MVP. That is correct. Okay. Uh, Jim Palmer do something uh, in an All-Star game? No, Jim Brady Palmer Anderson? did not win one. Brady Anderson did not win mm. one. Mm. This is fifth one. Mm. Uh, Eddie Murray. It is not Eddie Murray. We could go with... Uh, I should have pointed out, Cal did, of course, win two. He no, won. he did. Okay. okay. So, oh, man, who the... Are they... I guess, they're, is their jersey retired? No. no not, not by the Orioles. Mike no. Messina. No. Mm. He, did, he doesn't play in All-Star games. Um, <laughs> he didn't get put in in 93, that's for that's sure. That's right. Um, man, what Oriole, like, Ty Wigginton didn't win it. The no, Ty Wigginton no. certainly didn't do it. It was 1998. 1998. Yeah, Brady Anderson's a good guess. It was not Brady Anderson. I yeah, already I know, informed I'm just you saying, that. It was a good yeah. guess. But it wasn't Brady Anderson. Not, it, not that. It's not Brady Anderson. Proctor knows. Good for, good for, good for John. Yeah, he knows. He got it right. I'm not giving well, you that. He was, well, he was alive in 1998. That's true. <laughs> um, 19. Palmero. It's not Palmero. Paul Blair. Albert Bell. No, you're you're breathing right around it. Not Palmero. Albert Sir, Bell. Paul Blair definitely was yeah. not around in 98. <laughs> Jesus. Is it Albert Bell? Wasn't no. no. It was not Albert Bell. Mm. A Hall of Famer. Eric, oh, not Eric Davis. No, he's not a Hall of Famer. Not a Hall of Famer, but that's the, you're you're sniffing around. You have the era. You've got you've named guys on that team: Palmero, Davis, and Alomar. Roberto Alomar was MVP of the 1998 yeah, All Star Game. Go ahead, Job Carson. Jamison Tyone over the weekend. Uh, I believe it was Friday. He went. To, he was the first pitcher with at least eight innings pitched and won. <laughs> Proctor, Proctor says, "Yeah, I was alive and doing stuff with your mom." <laughs> that would. All right, go ahead. Just go ahead. The timing, yeah. Uh, one or fewer hits allowed on the road. Uh, Jamison Tyone, one or fewer hits, eight innings pitched on the road in Yankee Stadium. Uh, he is the first to do that since 2006 when this Orioles pitcher did it. 2006? Yeah, well, this was the last Bedard? time. No, it was Daniel Cabrera. Okay, Daniel I don't remember Cabrera, it. eight innings and one, uh, one hit Certainly. at Yankee Stadium. Only two other pitchers have uh, done that since 1990, in 1999 and 2000. For us or anyone? <laughs> in 99 and 2000. Maddox? No. Glavin? Pedro Martinez? Okay, he Marcelo was good. Marcelo Colon? Ah, yes. The two greatest pitchers of the era. The men's semifinal in Wimbledon, uh, the first one that said 14-year, 86-day age gap mm. between Joker and, mm. uh, and Yannick Sinner mm -hmm. is the largest age gap for a semifinal in Wimbledon history. That's, I mean, like, it's a little surprising just because there have been some, you know, the, like some older players. There have been some more older players recently, and in the past, it was younger players. Is that men's or women's? Because there are a lot of female mm, teenagers over the years. Men's yeah, a lot of yeah. female like teenagers over the years right. that have found success. 
Uh, Matt Swoop tweeted out the that the uh, the Orioles or the Orioles the Terps obviously had seven players drafted. That I saw that. Tied for the sixth most in uh, all of college baseball. Matt Swoop, uh, we we shared a text. Like, he was apologetic, but he didn't make it back. He was going to join us, but he didn't make it back in time. From he was traveling around right. to all of the yeah, guys. All the guys that got drafted. Yes. Uh, do you want to try to name the five schools that had more players drafted than this Maryland? year? Yeah, this year. LSU. Yeah, LSU, LSU would be number one. Florida. Wake Forest. Players. Uh, Wake Forest is number two. They Florida. had ten players. Florida did not have uh, more than seven players drafted. Florida had well, I guess six. I mean, it's a little surprising. So Maryland given. had more than Florida. Uh, goes to prove that Maryland's better. Exactly. Um, Stanford. Stanford, yes, they are had the third most. Go, go ahead, pal. I'll, yeah. I'll just <laughs> go ahead. Uh, how many? How many do I have left? Uh, the two more. So we went LSU, Wake Forest, Stanford in order, and then there were two more tied with eight. Uh, no, not eight guys from. Do you say Tennessee? I haven't said Tennessee. Tennessee, Tennessee is tied Good. for four. Tennessee. Tied for four. Uh, Tennessee. I'll say Vanderbilt. Just yeah, it makes sense. Vanderbilt was tied with Maryland, so they were not. Mm. not okay. Not All right. Uh, uh, Texas. A lot of Texas guys, right? Uh, not Texas. Was Texas had Texas so tied with Florida. the they big story from yesterday in the draft with the Orioles was the Texas player they selected, Tanner Witt, who. They took in the 18th round despite the fact that he was considered like a top five-round mm, prospect. Right. And so the question is, do they think that they can do enough maneuvering financially to make a run at him? And most people in baseball seem to think, like, no, there's just no way that he's going to go back to Texas and there's no chance. But, you know, they use the pick. Like, it, it would be quite the coup for them to land somebody that uh, everybody seems to think it's now a certainty that he's going to go back to Texas. Um, Alabama. Not Alabama. The last school is in Texas. TCU. TCU. Not TCU. TCU's tied with Maryland for Texas, Texas Tech. A&M. Not Texas Tech. Not AM. Baylor. D- not Baylor. Dallas Baptist. Dallas Baptist. DBU. Dallas Baptist University. Is that something I should have known? Like a, it's just like a good baseball Yeah, that's the All only right. thing they're All known right. for. Mike, Mike, okay. <laughs> I, if you say so, I'll choose to believe you. Dallas Baptist baseball. Very good. All right. Uh, Tubular is brought to you today by. The print issue of Pressbox, which is available still for another few weeks at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. You can read it all at PressboxOnline.com. It's our tribute to the late, great Tony Siragusa. Incredible cover story from Dave Ginsburg. Go pick it up right now. As always, you can read it at PressboxOnline.com. Uh, unfortunately, Matty Keys was already eliminated today. Uh, two quarterfinals going on right now. Daniil Medvedev's got the mini break in the fourth set. Uh, don't like that. Um, is he and Christopher Eubanks play? Eubanks up two sets to one. Don't like that at all. Uh, also, Carlos Alcaraz took uh, the first set from Holger Hune over in uh, the other in on the center court where they're playing that one. Those continue on ESPN two and ESPN Gold Cup semifinals tonight. U.S. Panama allegedly at seven thirty. Jamaica Mexico at ten on FS one. Everything else you can find at glennclarkradio.com. Oh, the ESPYs are tonight at the 8. quarterback on Netflix is also Oh, is that, that's out yes, today? Okay. Yes, the uh, quarterback. The ESPYs have no hosts, so if you thought they were painful before, they can't have they, they can't write anything because there's a writer's uh, strike. So they can't even do the dumb whatever they skits. Would like. The little yeah. like mini roast. Correct. Thing. They can't even do anything that would be remotely interesting. Um, I think the U.S. women's national team is being recognized in some sort of way, and then somebody else, who else did I see was getting an award? I don't remember, whatever. Yeah. You've got to watch, I, find out. No, you, yeah. no, you sure don't. <laughs> you sure don't. Uh, new episode of Always Sunny, Master Chef as well on Fox. Uh, new episode of Hijack on Apple yes, Mrs. TV. Clark is very happy that it's back, except we are gone. I'm doing the radio show tonight. Tomorrow oh, night I've right. got the soft Show Your Soft Side event, and then we are away this weekend. Mm. 
So we will not be able to watch MasterChef until double up next, next week. week. Yeah. Well, it's frustrating because they've been off for the last two weeks. So she's oh, been very unhappy yeah, so about it. At the MasterChef itch. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and quarterback. That's that's the yeah. big that's the big thing today. TDS for AW Dynamite tonight as well. Uh, don't forget your local Toyota dealer. Buy at Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Carson, you're going to come back in tomorrow? Tomorrow. Yeah, we're going to do Pez and we're going to do uh, Bananas. But you're going to put the Bananas out tomorrow. Oh, yeah. We'll, yeah, we're not we'll going yeah, to get an answer on the Bananas. Yeah, we're going to start the Bananas. Right. But we're Pez do, will get an answer, though. All right. And figure out what it is, like how bold you're willing to go with these Bananas, like how long you think they'll stay ripe. You know, like okay. figure that out so we set the appropriate day Sounds good. for all of that. Um at Griffin underscore Bass. Or what's your social? At Carson Ware. Okay. At Carson Ware. I should thank the thank everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners. I'm trying to get out of here, watch this man. Including Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, Glory Days Grill, Dorchester County, the Bowie Bay Sox, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, All American Lacrosse, the Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, Easy Pass MD, your local Toyota dealer, buy Toyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Have a great Wednesday evening. Go Chris Eubanks. Go USA Soccer. Duke sucks.